me, Jack? Yeah. I was thinking about what the colonel was saying, you know, about my name. Uh-huh. I was just wondering if you had any ideas. I had some thoughts on it, yeah. What about you? What do you think? Well, my idea was, you know, I just want a name. I want it so we can cut glass, you know, like razor sharp. Razor sharp, right. Yeah, well, when I close my eyes, I see this thing, like this big sign. And the name is in my bright blue neon lights with, like, purple outline. And this name is just so bright and so sharp that the sign, it just blows up because the name is just so powerful. I think, I think heaven has sent you here, Dirk Figler. <laughs> I think the angels have blessed us all because of you. Dirk. Dirk Figler. You got the touch. You got the power. Seven minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 and this, the month of July, the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not really ostentatious studios by m 70 to talk. I'm That was impressive. Hello. All right. And greetings and salutations, everybody. It is uh, the Rick Emerson radio program here in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Tuesday. And welcome to day 12. Join us, won't you? Stay a while. Stay forever. It's uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. How are you, Tim? I've never been better. I go back to normal again. Excellent. Wonderful. 503-733-2970. If you'd like to uh, join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, kvetches, two cents, recipes, uh, what have you. 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol, standing by, ready, willing, and able to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious... Or the mundane. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you'd like to email us, you can do that as well. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at uh, rickemerson.com. Uh, Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T at 970.am. I think today, I'm not entirely sure about this, but I think today we may get some details on Richie's upcoming uh, shopping trip at which he will be dressed like a lady. Uh, so I think he may be plotting that as we speak. So I guess it's Richie and a whole gaggle of guys and gals that will be accompanying him, at least one of whom will be filming it. Uh, and I think 
I, I don't know if this is going to be happening late. This might happen today. It might happen tomorrow. I'm not entirely sure. But I think we're going to talk to uh, Tom from Taboo Video, one of our fine sponsors, who I believe is, I think they're going to be the ones supplying Richie with all the finery he might need uh, to feel more in touch with both his feminine and masculine sides. We should find out if he's an autumn or a winter or whatever it is. Whatever that thing, that thing where you do, like you bring somebody in, they do your colors, and then you find out if you're, no, 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 I think you're really a spring. So you want to go with some sort of like a light auburn eyeshadow. Um, all right, so we'll talk to Richie about that later on. Uh, don't forget, by the way, uh, be going to 970.am and securing your tickets for the midnight screening of The Dark Knight. It's coming up uh, Thursday night, July 17th, so uh, I guess that's two Thursdays from this Thursday. Basically, like two, two weeks, two days from now. Uh, Thursday night, July 17th, Thursday night, Friday morning. Uh, July 17th at the Regal Cinemas in Tigard uh, for the Portland premiere of The Dark Knight. Uh, we'll all be out there, uh, and uh, hopefully you will too. In fact, I saw... I shouldn't say what they are yet, but I saw we have some uh, we have some righteous Dark Knight collectibles we're going to be giving away. Uh, so I just saw those upstairs in Susan Reynolds' office. It's all very exciting. Uh, so that's coming up Thursday night, July seventeenth, the Dark Knight, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And by the way, uh, two things: a, our friend Dan, who has the Joker phone for Portland. So, Sarah, you were speculating that he may, in fact, have received another text message from the Joker. Do yeah, I, Joker I know that they had like two different. Um... Like times when they were giving out the phones, like one one of them was in the cake, and then like they had you know all the different other viral ones. So I don't know if it would be specifically his phone, but I know that some message went out on some of the phones. Too. Very cool. Uh, so there's that, and then and then from from now on I'm going to do my very I'm going to try to avoid a lot of the Dark Knight sort of articles and reviews that are popping up because there's a few people that have already seen it or who claim to have seen it. Uh, Peter Travers from Rolling Stone wrote a review of it, although I was talking to uh, Fat Boy and he said that Travers has gotten hit in the past for writing reviews of movies that he hadn't actually seen. Uh, that he's sort of gotten bullet points or overviews or he's read the coverage and then he's written a review as though he's seen the film even though he hasn't. So, that being said, uh, I know the movie has screened for some folks. So, uh, from now on, the cone of silence is going down around my brain, uh, around the dark night. Yeah, I don't read any reviews about it. Yeah, I'm going to try, about it. I'm gonna try to know as little as possible sort of going into that. Anyway, so that is uh, Thursday night, July 17th. Uh, so, go to 970.am and buy your ticket. Do it now! Uh, what's coming up today? CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins uh, will join us today. She often does about the political ticker. Uh, and as Tim noted... I mean, we'll talk to Lisa because she's great and she's entertaining and she makes, she makes even things that I don't care about sort of passively, you know, amusing. But Tim really noted that, boy, just... I, how just m- when you thought it was going to be interesting this year? I, I'm already tired it of it. It goes back to the great unwashed again. <laughs> Who's more patriotic? <laughs> Whose wife loves America more? Uh, I mean... And Who I, wears the flag pin? If not, why? <laughs> Are you now or have you ever been a member? Uh, all right. Hey, little crap. Yeah, I don't care. Uh, I don't care, but I'm assuming that Lisa will make it mildly interesting for all of us. Uh, so we'll talk to her about that. I just, I really, I really wish somebody would just openly. I mean, somebody who's not us. I wish somebody reputable in media would just flat out just ask what the hell is wrong with Cindy McCain's face. Did you see her on the cover of Newsweek? <sighs> no. Does she look evil? She looks. Totally reptilian and evil. Here's the thing. Which you look... scares me because that's exactly how Laura Bush looks, and she's the first lady now. And she so killed like, somebody. You have to be reptilian. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Clyde. Uh, now, the uh, if, if you look at Cindy McCain, you can really you can really easily picture Cindy McCain sort of perched over a carcass in the desert, going. Ah! 
I mean, that's just that's just my my editorial opinion. That's just my take on it as a pundit. Uh, so we'll talk to uh, Lisa Desjardins today. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum uh, will join us in New York City. I guess they don't have. I guess they don't have Jim Roop on on the clock. He wasn't on the call sheet anyway. Uh, so you know. So I guess he's I guess he's not on the clock, which is strange because I think today in both it's so rare that something is happening in California that's always happening. You know, that's happening here. But I think today is when that law goes into effect in both Oregon and Washington, and Washington. forbidding you to talk on a cell phone. Because, you know, the government always knows what's best for you. So uh, so if you're going to be driving in Washington as of today, no cell phone for you. Wait, uh, not at all? Uh, only if you have, like, the Bluetooth. Talking on a cell phone in your car in Washington, pulled over, ticketed by the man. Holy crap. Yes. There you go. The government's here to help, Sarah. All right. Uh, let's see what else coming up today. Uh, today we'll do the uh, top five, top five album closing songs of all time. We did top five album op- uh, album openers uh, last week. Today, top five album closing songs. Um, we will, uh, maybe even before we get to the bottom of the hour, we'll try to get to that douchebag phone message that I was going to play yesterday, and then we just sort of we sort of ran behind with this. I want to make sure we get to that uh, today. Penis Watch coming up today. Uh, Geek Watch coming up today. Taser Watch. Uh, and... Uh, I have not one, not two, not, I have four different stories about Madonna's possible divorce or possible not divorce. Uh, so we'll do that. Your phone calls uh, and more. Tim Riley working on the following stories for your edification today. A small plane with children aboard makes an emergency landing in a Hillsboro alfalfa field. A sandy woman is attacked by a bear on her back porch. A Malala teenager admits, okay, she made up the story about being raped on the sidewalk. A giraffe helps camels, llamas, and pigs escape a circus. Motorists are warned not to, not to shut off their engines while driving in an effort to conserve gasoline. And those two-foot models appearing in the Pet Egg infomercial are suing. They're claiming they weren't told their dead skin would be shown worldwide. <laughs> <laughs> and used to clone an army of super droids. All right. That's fantastic. Hello, Sarah Dillon. How are you? By the way... Nah, never mind. Never mind. Well, s- the cell phone thing? You know, I try not to react to things like this. Because if you become reactive... That's what I'm trying... Where are you thinking? Are you talking about the cell phone thing? No, I'm not talking about that, although we'll oh. talk about that here in a second. I, because I'm looking at the person who sent this to me, and it's a long-time listener, and he doesn't seem like a dick. Uh, you know? Seems, he seems like it. But here's the... Why would you just now, after hearing my whole discussion about how I'm not going to read any further reviews of The Dark Knight, I'm going to try to stay away from it, try not to learn anything more about the film that I already know. Why would you then send me an email like 30 seconds ago that has a big spoiler as the subject line? And then the first sentence of the email is, sorry if this is a spoiler, but I figure everybody knows it by now. Why would you do that? I read them off. <sighs> Seriously. What? I said I'd write him off. I mean... That's disappointing. Well, who who is it? His name is Chad. Oh, he writes to me, too. I'm not going to look at... His name is Chad. Did he write to your work email? Yeah, he just went to my rick at rickemerson.com. His name is Chad. He sent me an email just now with what he alleges to be a spoiler as the subject line. You know, this is why you don't have any friends. Uh, anyway, hello, Sarah. How are you today? Oh, that guy writes me all the time. God damn it. And now you have to think less of him. Hold on. We're all going to well, shun have... you mentally right now. Can, I, can Wait. we, Richie, come in and shunning? check my email for me? Shunning? Shunning? All right, the shunning has happened. You've been shunned. All right, what? Will You're Richie... on the shun pile. Will Richie come in and check my email for me so I don't inadvertently read the spoiler? Richie, will you come in and chew our food, please? And then shine <laughs> our shoes. Uh, maybe. We have to talk to Richie anyway. Oh, here he comes. Uh, we'll see if he's tracked down a taboo guy. 
Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Good. Are you going to be... Well, why does he have to look? What if he doesn't want to be... I should... If anybody's going to check your I email, care. I should do it, though. Richie doesn't care. You don't care about the spoiler? I'll forget about it by the time I... Okay. It'll fall so out guy named Chad. One of them. His last name is... Uh, and he writes... His last name is... So if you... Okay. That's so where it is. You just delete it. If you see... I, it wasn't addressed to you. I'm, I'm looking at the email right now. He did, Unless it was a BCC. He writes me, he writes me all the time. Yeah. Uh, Sir, this is the sort of thing that will get you disinvited to things. All right. I mean, why would you do that? All right. And I'm not talking about... And I'm not talking about the uh, the one spoiler that they that they all but reveal in the trailer. Mm. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something else. Oh, I see. All right, let's uh, get some of these phone calls while Richie's checking your email. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hi, I've been trying to get a hold of you guys to tell you guys to watch Burn Notice. Have you started watching that yet? To watch what? It's called Burn Notice. It's no. a series on USA. I think you would love it. Bruce Campbell's in it. You're a fan of his, right? What is it? What, Bruce Campbell. What is it? What is this the series about? Okay, well, it's about this blacklisted CIA agent, and so he's trying to find out who blacklisted him or burned him. And since he's had all of his resources taken away, he still has his training. So it's really cool seeing how he uses everyday items to, uh, you know, to do his spy stuff to find out what, what's happened. So is this, like, uh, is this like, is it like MacGyver, but with Bruce Campbell, it's and is he a spy? It's much better than MacGyver, much more serious, but it's got a really wry sense of humor, Nothing too. is much better than MacGyver. Let's be very clear about that right now. Well, it is. <laughs> okay. All right. It's got Tricia Helfer in it, and I think she was in Battlestar Galactica, yes. which I've never seen, but you like that, so she's she's in there, too. Also, Heath Ledger, um, I keep hearing more and more that people are saying he should win an Academy Award for his performance. And just from the little clips, you know, that you see during the, the trailers, you know, it, it really does seem like he should. It seems brilliant. I suppose. I suppose my thing, my thing, my thing right now is, A... I mean, I don't know. I, I maybe he should maybe he should be nominated. Maybe he. It seems like at this point he almost will be, just because everybody's sort of demanding that he has to be. Yes. But I think dead. at this point I am now trying to officially, inside my own head, put on the brakes uh, about the Dark Knight because otherwise there's just it, because even in my own mind, just the hype is spiraling so out of control that I guess I get I just got to try to get a handle on it. Yeah, so. I mean they do they overdo things and then you're burned out, you know, for the movie by the time it comes out. But he does, you know, he doesn't even sound like himself. It's almost like he's a totally yeah. different person, so he's great. And I'm thinking, you know, of course this is going to be a huge hit, and they're going to have to find someone else to take up the Joker role. I mean, they're well, gonna... the, well, Christopher Nolan has already said, and this isn't a spoiler, uh, Christopher Nolan said a long time ago that the next movie is the Riddler. Uh, the next movie isn't the Joker. Anyway, the next, the villain in the next uh, Batman movie they is the Riddler. Like, they were, they're planning on maybe continuing the character. Well, I think, obviously, thank you for the call. Uh, I think that, well, obviously, you know, that nobody knew that Ledger was going to die, So I, I, but I don't think as i understand it nolan had always planned for the next batman movie to have as its main villain the riddler but i mean the villain but i mean the movies have all had like supplementary villains anyway like i know that there's an appearance by the scarecrow in dark knight it's just very fleeting though so uh, it's all very confusing uh hi you're on the rick emerson radio program sir or madam as the case may be dance for us we um good morning hey i just have a little production note for you yeah Hey, um, you kind of run into those times where uh, the, the recap runs a little bit long. Yes, sir. At the beginning of your attention, FM DJs in the Portland area, yeah. just tack on uh, the sound of, like, screeching brakes all the Roadrunner, you know, or some radio static. I you, actually thought about radio static. It's funny you say that. I thought about radio static. And that way you can just punch it right in, and it kind of has this sort of um, nuanced uh, transition quality. You know, can I, speaking of radio static, can I tell you something? Here's the thing that bugged me. thing bugged me years ago. still bugs me now when I think about it. So when we were at Intercom, 
we did the show nine ill-advisedly, nine to noon, despite everybody's best judgment. That show was until noon. Oh, that's right. I didn't stay for the whole show. No, you didn't, Tim. They made you leave at 10.30. I think it was 10. 10? Did you have show. to leave at 10? I believe so, because I came in at 5, and I wasn't allowed to work for about five hours. Jesus. Anyway. Uh, I guess I heard it was a great show. I didn't listen to that <laughs> These weren't there for most of it. It's like a radio station run by autistic five-year-olds. Um, anyway, so they so we did our show from nine to noon, and then they ran Don and Mike noon to three, and then of course they would join Like Us Live at three o'clock. But the thing is, every because like, Don and Mike aren't they don't have what's called a modular clock, meaning like with you know with Like Us or with uh, you know Dennis Miller or whatever the, the the hours start and stop at the same time every hour because it's a nationally syndicated show. Don and Mike weren't like that. Don and Mike would just take their break whenever they wanted. Sometimes they would do what's called sweeping the top, which is where they wouldn't take a commercial break at the top of the hour. Blah 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 blah. But so every day at like two fifty nine fifty. Don and Mike would just cut off abruptly in mid-sentence and go to Lycus. And I wasn't even the program director that drove me crazy. And I used to constantly ask them to put some sort of a, yeah, a staticky sound or radio interference sound or a screeching tire sound. Just yeah. just so the segue wasn't so abrupt. And then Alan would just sort of go, that's a great idea, Rick. <laughs> and then go back to playing fantasy football. Jesus. All right. Well, hey. we'll, we'll look into it, sir. Well, you know, just, just trying to help. Uh, Tim, Sarah... Rick. Yes. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you. Goodbye. I appreciate that. All right. All right. So that that so Chad just wrote and he feels really bad. Okay. Let's all breathe. And then he said it was a joke. He said it wasn't a. But split. see, how would I know? That's I know. the thing. You put it in the subject line. If you're if you're apologizing, then I guess we accept the apology. But it's because how will I put this? There is a big event that happens in the movie that you that they cut together the trailer sort of poorly, and you can tell. The trailer reveals a huge, in my opinion, sort of inexcusable spoiler, mm -hmm. which I won't say in the air because maybe you haven't noticed it. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's revealed in the trailer if you sort of watch it frame by frame over and over again like a retard late at night. Um, <laughs> like we all do. Like we all do. But here's... but So, Chad, okay, I'm sorry if you think I'm just, like, busting your chops, but he just sends me... He just sends me what he claims is a spoiler in the subject line of the email. Mm -hmm. But the, but by definition, if he's kidding and it's a fake spoiler, then it will seem more real, right? Because it'll be because it'll be a thing that I would never expect. Mm -hmm. So y you can't do that because then it just makes people angry and then they think you're just a bastard. So little personality integration tip from me to you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Speak now. Oh, you will speak now. Uh... For Sarah, this is uh, the rule in Washington is that the cell phone ticketing is a secondary offense only. So they got to catch you for something else, and then they can write you up for talking on your cell phone too. Yeah, but you. But I mean, okay. let's just. Can we speak? Can yeah. we speak frankly they, as as adults they here? Find, they They'll find, find a reason. I right. mean, that's the thing. I'm not trying to dog on police officers. I'm just saying. If there's a secondary offense that they think needs to get you pulled over, they'll find a reason to pull you over. Cops and don't need a reason. Thing, and second thing for you, Rick, quit. Yes. Quit walk. Quit walking all over baby boomers. How do you mean? Hello. Hello. He, he doesn't walk on me. You keep. You keep walking all over baby boomers. What does that mean, sir? Baby boomer. That means you diss everything that we love dearly, like. 70s rock and roll. Well, that's not true. I'm a big lover of 70s rock and roll. You wait to hear today's top five. What's that? 80s rock and roll. I don't understand what we're talking about. What is you? What is? You please, I for, please, forgive the bluntness of this, but what is your problem? The problem is I'm 53 years old and I listen to your show. Yes. And I like to hear nice things about my my age group. 
Well, I don't think that I've, I don't think I have ever voiced any problem with, as you put it, 70s rock. Most of, I would say that about 45% of my music collection is 70s rock, sir. Okay. I'm just, I'm not trying to be difficult. I don't, I don't, I don't understand the source of your uh, irritation. I'll call back later when I review a bunch of your, uh, uh... Are you talking about that promo where I make fun of Neil Young? Nah. I don't like Neil Young anyway. Well, there you go. So, all right. Well, when you when you figure out the source of your complaint, you call me back. See ya. All right. There you go. People are so confusing. Hi. You're on the Rick Emerson yeah. Show. Hello. Hello, Rick. I'm back in Portland. Vegas was awesome. Thank you. Thank is you, this thank you. Uh, you are Dave, the spam winner? That would be me, my friend. All right. So this is Dave. Called us last week. You went to see uh, Spam-A-Lot at the Wynn Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, courtesy of AM 970, because you won the Spam Sculpting Contest. So, A, how is Spam-A-Lot? Great. That thing was awesome. Yeah. I mean, not even just jokingly. Uh, the lead on it was Peterman from Seinfeld, and he was incredible. Great. Oh, yeah, right. No way. Yeah, cause, yeah. Uh, because that's the thing is he's the big marquee name in Vegas, and on Broadway it's, uh, it's what's his name? It's uh, um, uh, Clay, Clay Aiken. Right. So, yeah. And then as you discussed, so when you walk into the Wynn Hotel, doesn't the air in there just smell a little sweeter than normal human air? Yeah, it smells like uh, the crushed masses below it. I mean, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's beautiful. That, I have to tell you that the one experience when uh, Lara and myself went there with Aaron and his wife, we were walking through the wind, and I, it, it, there were just some of the most unbelievably gorgeous people in that place. I mean, the women especially. I just they were just it, you use you hear this cliche sometimes, but it was like they had just stepped out of some kind of fashion magazine. I mean, it was like a whole different class of people that I don't normally get to see. Oh, you you would have loved this. So we went uh, one night. We we try. I mean. Hammered couldn't even bother uh, staying late, up late enough when it was packed. But they have uh, a couple places there. Blush and Trist are located in the casino. Right. And looking just at the line of the people that can't get in there, <laughs> comparing that to the A-list in Portland is just, it's, oh, my God. Well, it is where you sometimes understand that likest thing about are you an L.A. 9 or a Portland, oh, yeah. Oregon 9. Yeah. yeah, these were Vegas tens and they make you know they're like a portland 38 yeah. I mean, hey did you <laughs> <laughs> did you uh did you use the mini bar my friend um one bottle of water that cost me nine bucks <laughs> that's fantastic oh, dude i love this country all right well i'm glad you had a good uh, a good trip did you take pictures uh yeah we did and in fact the uh, vip tour got us backstage um after the show was done at spam a lot uh they did us a whole uh walk through the makeup the costuming um, up in the lights and the riggings and on stage with pictures of the Trojan Rabbit. Incredible. All right. Thank you. Thank that you. is righteous. All right, my friend. Do me a favor. Will you, will you please send us pictures so we can get them posted on the on the website? Absolutely. And just thank you, Tim, somewhat sober Sarah, everyone. Just thank you, thank you. And Susan Reynolds, too, and, and just the whole snap. But thank, thank you, and my wife thanks you, and just keep doing what you're doing. All right, hold on. Wait, I have to, I have to, ra I have to wrap this up uh, radio DJ style. Dave, what radio station sent you to spam a lot? It was 970, The Talker. Thank you, sir. All right, thank you. All right, there you go. Oh, the, the Talker's catching on. I, that's what I'm saying. I didn't even have to prompt that. I didn't know that they were getting a, I didn't know they were getting a VIP backstage, on stage. I know that's better than anything we could do. jerk. No, I'm totally <laughs> jealous. All, you're all filled with hate. Yeah, glad you enjoyed it, you bastard. Uh, do we have to break? Yeah. All right. Uh, if you are on hold, uh, hang tight. We'll come back. We have uh, more of your uh, phone calls here around the corner, plus Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum. Later on, top five album-ending uh, songs of all time, uh, Tim Riley's new news hour, and uh, Richard Bristol and so forth. Stay there. Back after this with your calls and Lisa Desjardins. <laughs> 
Rick Emerson Radio Program. 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 Uh, don't forget the 2008 Safeway Waterfront Blues Festival and Fireworks Display is just around the corner. Happening July 4th, of course. Uh, fireworks begin at 10.05 p.m. Friday, July 4th, after the evening's final performance in the National Anthem. A donation of $10 and two cans of non-perishable food gets you in. The Kink.fm and Hoffman Construction Fireworks Show presented by Portland Parks and Recreation at Tom McCall Park. So that's, uh, that is happening this coming Friday. Uh, last year it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I shall be going again this year. I think I was out of town last year. Maybe I was just pretending to be out of town. Uh, we'll be in town this Friday. Don't forget, this coming Friday uh, is the Rick Emerson Show's annual Christmas in July show. Uh, so Tim will be gone. Tim's actually gone Thursday, Friday, and part of tomorrow. Uh, so our good friend Timmy Ryan will be stepping in. Uh, but uh, So this Friday, uh, Sarah will be here. I'll be here. Timmy Ryan and Aaron Duran will be here. Uh, and we will be doing our annual Christmas in July show, which means that we will be playing back uh, Rick Emerson behind the Christmas. Uh, we'll be playing back Ebenezer, I Barely Knew Her, which is the radio play that we did last December. And then I'm hoping this comes together. We're, we're trying to do one more small original production for this Friday's Christmas in July show. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, it's the one I remember I told you about. Oh, yeah, that thing, yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm kind of working on it. It's the sort of the underpinnings are proving a little difficult. So we're, we're doing our best because it's only Tuesday. My thing is if I can get it ready, get it kind of done in the next, you know, like on Wednesday, Thursday. So uh, hopefully in an ideal world, this Friday uh, we will have a, a, a small original uh, Christmas production to go along with Behind the Christmas and Ebenezer. I barely knew her. Uh, in one moment, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello, who might this be? Hi, this is Jake. I was just calling to talk to you. Oh, let me say hi to Tim and Sarah and Rick. Hello. Hey, uh, Rick, you ever wonder how uh, the story about rats coming out of toilets happens? Sure. Well, those rat holes in your front yard. Yes. They find your sewer line, they dig straight down, and they dig a hole in the side of it, and then they crawl into there, and they have a super highway. they got food, water. And then they crawl out of your toilet, too, sometimes. And then, then it's all over. Yeah, so uh, what was his name, Frisbee? Frisbee. Well, he might be a West Frisbee soon. Okay, thank you. All right. Bye, bye now. All right, there you go. There's. Uh-huh. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson. Up the hill. Hey, CNN Radio correspondent to the stars, Lisa Desjardins. Hello, how are you? Hello, how are you all? I- I'm fine. All right. I told my wife not <laughs> to get too attached to the rat because the landlord's going to come by and kill it any day now. It's, uh, anyway. Uh, how's life? How are things? Good, good. Things are good. All right. Are they truly good? They are truly good. It's bizarrely quiet up here at the Capitol. Congress is gone. Uh, I've gotten to chat with, uh, the three other reporters up here a lot more than I have probably in six months. You know, can I just, did I tell you, I was talking to Tim Riley today about, about the political season and, uh, do you sense, let me ask you this, on a scale of 1 to 10, right now, where would you put the national burnout level on this race and this election and politics right now at this moment? Oh, I think it's really high because I, I think it, people realize there's there's not a lot of point right now that everyone's going to wait. Maybe once we get to the conventions, people will be back in. But I, I think right now the burnout level, eh, on a scale of 10, I'd say we're at a 7. Uh, we're going to be approaching 8 probably in two weeks. And so when do things, so right now we're in, this is July 1st, is it not? That's uh, right. It oh. is exactly July 1st. So this is July 1st. So when when is it that the big ramp up begins? When does the rubber meet the political road? August, probably, I'd say, middle week of August, maybe last week of August, depending on uh, uh, how much you tolerate or love politics. But the conventions 
start the last week of August, and that's when I, I think it, it'll go back and forth during that week, and people will alternate between, uh, I don't know, vomit and adrenaline probably for those two weeks. <laughs> not unlike, uh, not unlike uh, uh, Dennis Quaid in The Right Stuff. <laughs> So. Man, for a minute, I almost said Randy Quaid, which is sort of funny in and of itself. Uh, don't you think Randy Quaid ought to have a reality TV show? Um, no. <laughs> okay, never mind. Don't, don't you think Randy Quaid ought to be never given a, a reality TV show? I do. I, I feel like I like where Randy Quaid is in my life. I don't. I don't feel like I. I, I feel like we're just right. Okay. You don't want to take that additional step. You feel no, like it's I too much I of a like commitment. Would, I feel like it would just be, right, you know, it, it, it'd be more than, than we could handle. Let me just say this about Randy Quaid. Did you ever see that movie he made in about 1986 called Parents? No, I don't think I did. It's a damn creepy film. Uh, it's sort of like a John Waters film, and it's about a kid in, 19, in, in the 1960s uh, American suburbs who discovers that his parents are cannibals. Uh, and Rand, Randy, yeah, Randy Quaid is the dad. And he discovers that his parents are actually killing people and serving them to the family for dinner. And it's like all this weird juxtaposition because it's this very picture-perfect sort of Mad Men-esque, uh, the kind of, uh, you know, the very sort of a baby boom uh, household that wow. he lives in. And there's a great moment where, where the kid asks the dad, Dad, what were these before they were leftovers? And, and Randy Quaid just looks at him with this, like, great sort of weird, creepy, but this creepy but paternal smile and says, they were leftovers to be, and then go <laughs> and eats like a huge piece of meat off the plate. It's completely, it's completely revolting, but a great film to watch. You really got to see it. Wow, maybe I changed my mind here. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, so here's what the CNN political uh, political ticker says for today. Okay. A high-powered game of phone tag ends in press releases of love. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Right, that's the idea. It's a tease. Oh well, okay, and I've been teased. Now explain. Right. This was the whole Barack Obama, Bill Clinton thing, and it was it was a game of phone tag. We're understood for at least a couple of days, and then we received yesterday emails back and forth of love between Barack Obama and uh, Bill Clinton, expressing mutual admiration after the two had a 20-minute phone call. So that's really what that is. And there was so much speculation last week when Bill Clinton uh, refused, essentially, or ignored a reporter's question of whether or not he would endorse Barack Obama. He didn't answer the question, and that led to a lot of, you know, speculation. Oh, Bill Clinton is uh, can't get past his frustration with the race, can't get past this or that, and there's there's a chill, there's a divide in the Democratic Party. I don't know, it's summer. It, you know, the Bill Clinton campaign says that this was overblown from the start. He was out of the country. He was letting Barack Obama communicate with his wife, who was the candidate, and that he didn't feel like he should get involved. And the truth is probably somewhere in between. I'm sure Bill Clinton knows the game, and when he's asked if he can, if he was going to endorse Barack Obama, he certainly knows what the right answer is at that point. Well, yeah, but isn't this? But all... Maybe he didn't hear the reporter. I don't know. Isn't this, you know, this business of whether Bill Clinton is going to endorse Barack Obama and why hasn't he done it and when is it going to happen? Mm. This is really just like the movie, right? Where in the first ten minutes, Hugh Grant meets Drew Barrymore, and then the, the screenwriters have to find eighty-five minutes worth of, of obstacles to keep <laughs> them apart. When at the end, you know that he's going to chase her through an airport and throw some roses in front of the plane on the tarmac. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. All right. Okay, fair enough. Uh, also, let's talk about our good friend Wesley Clark for a moment. Oh, so, yes. So this is... Uh, I saw, and to be honest, I really, I, I only have sort of a cursory knowledge of what's developed over the last 12 hours about this, um, but... But I was looking, I was looking at the Drudge Report, and, and they, they, it seemed that there was some sort of... I, here's my thing. You, 
is do you is your read on it that when Wesley Clark made this made this comment about and I'm paraphrasing here that the, 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 that being shot down didn't make McCain a war hero. Is that basically what he said? No, no. He he said, and this is we get we're getting into this season where every single word matters a lot. Yeah, because I want to make, make sure that I get it right here. Exactly. Wes Clark has never denied that John McCain is an American hero, and he's called him a great patriot and hero. But he was asked um, by Bob Schieffer on uh, Face the Nation, "Do you think that?" being shot down qualifies John McCain to be president. And Wes Clark, you could almost see in his face that he really hadn't anticipated that question. And his answer, I think a lot of, I talked to a bunch of Democratic staffers up here yesterday, people who are in campaigns and not in campaigns, have been campaigning, whatever. And and the take on it up here is that Wes Clark wasn't ready and that he kind of gave a knee-jerk reaction, repeating the question back, but in in a negative way because he's for the other guy. So he he says, no, I I don't think that being shot, being a fighter pilot and being shot down qualifies you to be U.S. president. So he repeated the question back, but it, it was still a very strong statement, and and it, it was interpreted. There's a big debate over exactly what he meant and what it means. He wasn't really questioning uh, John McCain's service as a POW, uh, how, you know, how he exemplified, and many people admit John McCain really was kind of one of the most amazing POWs in, in how he handled it, and he was there for so long. But what Wes Clark now says that he was saying is he, he doesn't think that being a fighter pilot makes you a commander. And Wes Clark was saying, in contrast, I, I was a commander being a fighter pilot, and he said in John McCain's squadron uh, that that was actually not uh, sort of a, a combat-ready necessarily wow. unit at the time, and that John McCain was not making command decisions. So he's saying that's different than being a commander. It's a tricky argument to make, but I think he—I think he—it's fair to say it was misinterpreted. Many people say, "Oh, he's questioning John McCain's service, questioning whether John McCain was a hero." None of that. He's just—he was trying to make a very nuanced argument. And uh, it's, very, it's hard to do that, and I think he, he certainly did not choose the right words. It sounded like he was questioning John McCain's service. I was, he talking, to, he wasn't. I was talking to somebody yesterday, and they had this sort of sort of conspiratorial take on it, that mm. their, their take on it was, well, the, 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 the Obama campaign, in just terms of, in terms of political sort of, you know, in terms of just political uh, uh, competition, that they're up against the fact that McCain does have this, you know, this sort of strong, you know, he has the strong military background, and with that comes the sort of perceived readiness as a leader, and you know that perception that that the and so this guy had this theory that that Wesley Clark was just the guy, that the guy that that, that got shoved out front to sort of walk into the propeller, you know, that it was this sort of weird kamikaze mission that Wesley Clark was on to to right. try to do something to sort of put some cracks in McCain's armor this way, and that Wesley Clark was the guy who got the job. And I don't think that's true, but I would say it's going to be exceptionally difficult. It's got to be this weird, almost political jujitsu, right, for the Obama campaign to try to to try to sort of deal with the fact that McCain has such strong military credentials without looking like they're kind of trashing the guy. Right, like jerks. Yes, exactly. Right, and I think that it's one of those areas that they they really can't go. That certainly Barack Obama himself, almost as if he expected uh, to be accused of this, but I think also very likely it was sincere. For months, he has praised John McCain's service as a, as a military hero, and he has flat out said that in many of his speeches. And 
you know, so so right now, many people are pointing on his side are pointing to that and say, look, this is not something Barack Obama would have said. He's rejected it today. Barack Obama called this West Clark statement inartful. Those kinds of things, you know. But West Clark, interestingly enough, he's going on his own on his own offense. He was on television again this morning and this afternoon on MSNBC saying that his remarks really have been misinterpreted, that he was answering it wasn't an idea that he threw out there, that he was asked that direct question. He answered it as he thought was fair as a former uh, Supreme Allied commander, which not many people can no, say. No, that's the most righteous job title. Seriously, just, just a supreme a supreme commander. I mean, if I could find at some point in my life a company that will allow me to give myself that title, I can die a happy man. So he's got that going for him, as right. Bill Murray would say. And it really, it, I think that the this has not died down yet, but the pendulum is swinging back a little bit more toward West Clark than it was yesterday. But I think he still has a very steep climb if he hopes to be vice president. I just, I don't think it's in the cards yet. And you know, I, he was, he was going to be. Uh, he was my pick that I had a year ago that I could say, I told you so, but mm -hmm. now, it, now it doesn't look You've had some reversals, as they say. As they say. Uh, he's a little too scripted, I think. I think he's because he's not a politician, he trusts his coaches, and I think in his own presidential campaign, and again now, uh, that hasn't served him well. By the way, he wasn't doing himself any favors by wearing those cable knit sweaters the last time <laughs> around either. Uh, this emailer says, uh, I have eight hours to kill at work every day, and that Kenny versus Spenny show is absolutely brilliant. Hey. Thank Lisa for the recommendation. By the way, if you ever wonder why American productivity is sometimes falling off, it's because this guy says, I'll just read that first sentence to you again. I have eight hours to kill at work every day, and that Kenny versus Spenny show is absolutely brilliant. So there you go. Uh, and finally, uh, you know, about Randy Quaid, he could totally star in the Tim Russert story. And that's true. Oh, you know, that is really true. That's, All right. I, I'm not sure I can think of a, a, a better. That's what I'm saying. This guy yeah. totally nailed it. All right, are you on tomorrow, Lisa? I will be here tomorrow, yes. All right, fantastic. Until then, may you have an enjoyable afternoon. And you as well. All right, thank you, Lisa Desjardins, ladies and gentlemen. Fantastic, wonderful, excellent. All right, uh, it is uh, 503-733-2970. Uh, just a moment, we'll talk to Steve Kasterman. And here's the thing about Steve. I really don't care about, about, New, York banning, uh, about New York banning trans fats, except that... As we always say, it starts on the East Coast and then it sort of creeps over here like a fungus or gamera. And so we'll talk to you because it sort of is part and parcel of the same thing that's happening in Washington State. Uh, Rick, today is the day you must start using hands-free devices on your cell phone in Washington. It is a $124 fine. Uh, it is a secondary offense, which means they have to pull you over for something else like speeding or, or kidnapping. Um, says Oregon is next uh, because it's in California. It's illegal in California uh, as well. Well, it's just like the smoking ban, like California, Washington, Oregon. Like we're always the third in that. Yep. Uh, Rick, Sarah, the hand-free cell phone law is Washington and California. You have, uh, you have, let's see, you have, you you have used any. I think he means must. You must use any headset, be it wired or Bluetooth. Uh, Bluetooth headset only. Here's the thing. Can I? I don't have. Yeah, I. Because I had a pair of like earphones that I could plug into the side, which I really like. I had a Bluetooth. I couldn't figure it out. That's okay, but see, me too. I thought that was just me. No, and then I couldn't shut it off, and then it was like on all the time. Me too. And then I had to like hide it because I was afraid people could like hear my conversation. Because you're gonna be on the. Because the people are gonna hear you talking about something you don't want to be heard. Yeah, and I don't like. It. Like I'd much rather have like I had one of those dangly ones where you put like one piece. And in you your plug ear. it in. I like the plug-in. But you know I what? Want... My I don't think my BlackBerry has one of those anymore. I think. See, the... my 
mine still has mine has a hole for it, but I, don't, I haven't found one. I don't even know where to get one. Because, they, go they, because they don't sell them. Well, the Verizon store is actually reasonably priced. It is. Okay, I would say I'm, that. I'm assuming I was like, oh, they're probably going to charge like 50 bucks. For no, no, no. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's the same you're going to pay pretty much anywhere. But in my experience, the Verizon store is, is pretty reasonably priced in terms of most accessories. Okay, but see, I thought I was the only one that couldn't figure out how the freaking Bluetooth works. No, I have works. no idea. I just, like, is it just so, looks stupid. Well, it looks stupid, but I mean, I can sort of get past that. Like, is it so? See, now we're now we this is we're starting a whole thing, and we're Steve in a second. Is it so much just to make like a wireless headset that has just a button that says on and off? I'm just like hold three seconds, then two pushes. Right. And, you know, I'm like but, I don't even and, know how to and, do this. But then you have to do a thing on your phone too and that enables the blue up. the Bluetooth mode. I just want something that works. Seriously, and you know what that happened to me too? And I synced up my Bluetooth with my phone, then I couldn't find my Bluetooth, which means I, yeah. which means I couldn't answer my phone. Exactly. Because I did. Che- I, you'd have totally. to find it to turn it off. Exactly. Uh, and here's and here's the other thing, by the way. <laughs> Is it so difficult, and apparently it is, is it so difficult just to make a cell phone where if you've lost your Bluetooth thing, you press a button on the phone and the Bluetooth thing just rings or makes noise? You know it can ring because when you have it on your ear, it rings and lets you know there's a call. Is it so difficult just to make it go beep, 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 beep so you can track it down? (laughs) No, I'm really glad you said that because I've always been a little embarrassed. I've been ashamed to admit that I couldn't. I paid I don't remember how much, but I paid blah, 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 blah for a Bluetooth headset that I have sitting at home that I never use. Mine is still sitting in the box. I tried to use it once. Could not figure it out, and it's just sitting there. Yeah, and you know what? I would give, we sound old right now, but I would give anything to go back to just the thing that plugs in, and then it goes into your ear. I'd that be all for that. That's fine for me. Yeah, because, you know, this is driving along, or like, you know, uh, you know, uh, like, uh, Joni and I lately have had a couple um, phone calls at night that just sort of go on and on and on, and you're just walking around, and I know this sounds like such a stupid American problem, but your arm gets tired holding a phone up to your head, mm-hmm. and you don't want to be on speakerphone. I hate speakerphone. All right, well, we'll get phone calls in a second. This, however, is Steve Katzenbaum from New York. I'm so glad you said that. Hello, Steve. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm okay, except I'm easily frustrated by technology. So, you know, what are you going to do? Hey, who of us isn't? Hey, do you guys have that? Well, you don't, because I guess it's just California, Washington, that that no cell phone while driving rule. It's less of an issue there, though, because so few people drive, especially in the city, right? No, you cannot have a, a cell phone here in New York, uh, New Jersey. I think Connecticut, too, uh, while you're driving, you have to have... Uh, a hands-free device. Do you yeah. have a Bluetooth headset? I do not. Okay. Have you tried one before? No, I, I won't uh, take the plunge. That's what I'm saying, because they're expensive and confusing. I sound like that woman. In the, I don't have a computer, and email seems to be the only one. I just think they look silly, and they, too. They, exactly. they, you know, I just don't want to be walking around with a thing in my ear the whole time. Totally. It just looks weird. And, like, even when they're not, you can't tell if someone's on the phone or not. And then they're just like, hey, look at how shiny and edgy my Bluetooth is. You know who wears those? You know, you know who has those Bluetooth things on their head all the time? Uh, like the weird, like the, like like a sales guys with slick black hair reeking of bad cologne. That's who go, That's who always have one of those on. And he's always saying things like, talk at you. So, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. And all these, uh, all these Wall Street types. You know, walking around or want to be Wall Street types. Want to want you to want to make you think that they're successful, but the real successful ones don't wear the Bluetooth. They have somebody else who can wear it for them. That's exactly that's exactly what it is. That's what I should do. I should just hire a lackey to walk behind me and conduct my phone calls for me. Mm-hmm. All right. Someday when I'm wealthy enough, I'm just going to hire a Rick impersonator. You know what I mean? <laughs> Good idea. And people who call me, email me, talk to me, they'll really be talking to that guy. It's like how um, the late great Sam Kinison. Used to, when he didn't feel like doing a radio interview, Sam Kinison would just have his brother Bill Kinison do the interviews because he sounded just like him. I remember that, yeah. Yeah, so, in any event. All right, well, speaking of, uh, speaking of the government and the nanny state and so forth, so what is it, so is it, is it restaurants themselves or is it the actual state uh, that, is, that is banning 
trans fats. Oh, the restaurants would never pan it if they if they didn't have to. It's uh, it's the city's health department uh, issued a, a new uh, regulation, a new code saying that uh, partially hydrogenated vegetable oils are now banned in all cooking in the restaurants. So now it, it, here's a dumb question because I don't really know a whole lot about a whole lot, but do trans fats taste better than like other fats? Apparently so. They give baked goods the crispiness. So, well, yeah. so now in, in the absence of trans fats, uh, I say as an American glutton who worries about such things, in the absence of trans fats, what are they going to use to do that? that? There are substitutes. It's taken them a while to find the, the right uh, substitute that, that is usable, that, that gets all the qualities that bakers like in their baked goods. But they do have them on the market now. They've been using uh, some substitutes in the deep fryer for uh, a while now, several months, and that hasn't been a problem. You can't really taste the difference uh, with the stuff, you know, when you go to the Chinese takeout place and the deep fryer, it all tastes the same. Uh, but the uh, the chefs were a little concerned about uh, the baked goods, so you got to fiddle with your recipes a little bit. But here's the thing. You know, partially hydrogenated vegetable oils and trans fats are a recent addition to the American kitchen. You know, they used to bake uh, for hundreds of years with other you know, oils and, right. and, 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 and fats and whatnot. So, you know, it's not like these recipes weren't around, you know, how to make a cake or donuts or, or whatever, you know, before. They were. So you just got to revert back to the old recipe, right? I suppose. Or the government could just leave us alone and let us ingest what we want to ingest. But I suppose that's too much to ask. But that's the thing. You go to a restaurant and let's say you're very uh, heart-healthy conscious. You don't know what you're getting on your plate. If you are eating something deep fried, you know what you're getting on your plate. Let's not let's not kid ourselves about that. Nobody orders something deep fried, and I mean, if you are able to convince yourself that like a a deep fried uh, fish gizzard is somehow healthy, I mean, I want your mental power because we all know that's not true. I guess it's for everything though. It's for like bread, and 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 desserts, and 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 other stuff that uh, that oil was being used in. You know, uh, maybe maybe there maybe there are baked. Things you know, like let's say you uh, get uh, a baked lasagna or something. Well, that really isn't heart healthy either. Is it? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Your but look here's the th I think doesn't your body just know when something's good for you and something isn't? Oh, I feel it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, like, I mean, you know, you. I think, I think we are, we are much more savvy creatures than we give ourselves credit for. I think we can tell when we're eating something. Look, I mean, when you start ingesting, like, when you're eating that second fistful of potato chips, everything <laughs> in your body is sending that message, like, this is no, re dude, please, you're gonna kill us. And you know? Have you tried the potato chips without, without, without the trans fat? You know, I'm still back on trying to find potato chips that have Olestra. You know what I mean? Just because yeah. I feel like I missed the pop culture boat there. So I don't those, know. It's those baked potato chips. I've tried them, you know, no matter how much salt and pepper they put on them, just not the same. That's what I'm saying. Nothing, you know what, there's nothing that tastes, nothing that really good, it tastes, it takes the place of fat and grease, my friend. Well, I'm sure there will be some case with some famous restaurant here in New York where, where they will take the, uh, you know, the city to court over this and we'll have a court case. It'll be like, you know, some French cuisine chef, master chef. Who says, uh, you know, you know, he needs the crispiness in his dishes or something? Well, like this is this is going to be just like that gun thing in Washington. Did you see that? Jesus, it, it, not even three days or whatever after the after the Supreme Court passed that rule about handgun uh, regulation, that there's some guy who's demanding the the right to carry all his guns through the Atlanta airport. Yeah, so, I like that one. Uh, I got to get on. Uh, yeah. The network, I, I hate to have to leave you uh, quickly like that. I was actually just about to do that myself. So enjoy your afternoon, and we'll talk to you soon, sir. Thanks a lot. Speak to you guys soon. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right, wonderful.
All right. Hello, Tim Riley. Hello. How are you? Couldn't be better, actually. Do you have news for us? And plenty of it. All right. Uh, we'll come back. News with Tim Riley later on. Top five album closing songs of all time. Uh, the douchiest phone message ever. And uh, we'll talk to Richie Bristol. Say there's the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Radio Program, the home of comedy. It's uh, 503-733-2970 coming up later on. Top five album ending songs of all time. Uh, Richie Bristol, your phone calls uh, and more. This, however, at the Ministry of Truth is Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Show's new news hour, only on AM 970, The Talker. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. This is the course is brought to you by Leif's Auto Collision Centers and Leif's.com. Call today, find out what Leif's can do for you. A small plane with two children aboard made an emergency landing in a Washington County field after running out of fuel. The pilot from Canby was heading from Aurora to Hillsborough when the plane ran out of gas. Yeah. He landed it in a field of knee-deep alfalfa, uh, just a few yards south of TV Highway. Among his passengers, his six-year-old son and one-year-old daughter, everybody escaped injury. The plane wasn't damaged. Now, did he, was the gauge off somehow? Like, why would you not check? It seems like you would check to see if you had gas. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe the price has gone up, and he thought, you know, so much <laughs> so much way back when. I'm going to coast into the next county where it's three cents cheaper. Yes. Uh, well, that, I think that was with, um, I think that was, uh, that was Otis Redding died uh, because their plane ran out of gas. Mm-hmm. I mean, which is really an embarrassing way to go. I mean, you know what I mean? At least, you know, Ricky Nelson had some uh, explosion that happened. It's a little dramatic. Running out of gas in an airplane is just a stupid way to die. By the way, you know, I know that Sarah is now getting these, and so am I, these taunting emails explaining that the Bluetooth is really easy to use. Look, here's the thing. I, I don't want to know how to use it. <laughs> I'd, I'd rather not know. I don't want to know. <laughs> An email seems to be the only way anybody communicates. Uh Look, I have no Mensa or nothing, but it's not like I'm a dumb guy in terms of technology. I generally have a pretty good grasp on how things work. And I think I speak, you know what? We should do an Insta poll later on about whether Bluetooth is confusing. I think that's a great idea. Here's Tim Riley. I don't even need it. I make, what, one to two phone calls a year? That's all I need. Well, that's, I mean, it's. I try so hard not to engage in, uh, you know, and just, I know Sarah and I have this, had this discussion about texting versus calling, mm-hmm. but I here's the thing is that you and I, I think, are on opposite sides of this, too, where you're like, don't text me, just call. No, but I'm starting to get more toward the text. That does It does seem a little more efficient. Hey, the, 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 because it, that way it's like you don't have to go, so, some weather we're having. Like with texting, you can just get to the point. Mm-hmm. You know, meet me at whatever, it's 7 p.m. and we'll do the thing. Uh, and you could just do, strip away all of the fat. So I really strongly prefer texting. Like, do you do this? When you see you have uh, voicemails, do you just kind of go, 
uh, just sort of fatigue you when you see that you have like three voicemails somehow. Like I'll get off the air and I'll check my phone and like, you have four voicemails. I never and... listen to my voicemails. It's almost like I have a phobia about it. Yeah, but see, but I have. Can I just tell you this? I have a. Uh, somebody called me. I won't say who, but somebody called me last night and I, I wasn't able to answer the phone. But somebody called me last night around I don't know six or seven o'clock at night and left a voicemail and it's still just sitting there unlistened to. Because no, I have a phone full of voicemails. I have like. I'll usually let it get to about 24, and then I'll just go through, and I won't listen Bulk to any delete. of them. Don't you wish there was a delete all function? I'd go like, okay, next message, message erased, yeah. next message, message erased. I just wish there time. was one big button you could press to be clear all messages of all kinds everywhere. Maybe there is. But the, the other thing is that as much as I do prefer texting to phone calls, the text, though, so many people know that about me now that the text has become like my various email inboxes where it's just one more thing I have to keep empty. You know what I mean? Because by the time I get off the air, there's like 50 messages that are waiting for me to you know to respond to. So mm-hmm. I love email. I'll do it every time. Email. It makes everything perfectly clear to everyone. Exactly. It makes things perfectly clear. And you know what? The con- Go back and look. And when you are emailing or texting, not only that, but here's the other great thing about the emailing or texting is like, especially with email, if there's it's information... Great. It's brief. You determine when the conversation is over. Make an outline. Lay down the facts. You're done. And then if you have any questions about what was said later, it's right there in your sent items. That's what I like. Uh, but the the great thing about email is like when you decide, because if you're on the phone with somebody, God, we sound like such social phobes, but when you're on the on the phone with somebody, you know, and you're just like, so I, yeah, I really, boy, look at the time. I really got to go. Okay. But let me just tell you this one more thing. Myron's got a new job and there's a girl who works at the front desk and he's thinking, thinking of asking her out. And you're just like, okay, I really have to. I, yeah, that's great. I don't I have care to... about the social mores of lower middle class life. <laughs> you needn't tell me. I can figure them all out. That's what I'm second. saying. Here's uh, here's Tim Riley. You know that girl in Malala who claimed she was raped on the sidewalk? She made it up. It was a tall tale. The uh, evidence came back from the library saying, the library, the laboratory saying it couldn't have happened. So they interviewed this girl again. 18-year-old Jerisa D. Jefferson Malala, she recanted the entire tall tale. Had she accused somebody in, in specifically? Uh, she said she made up a description of a, a sketch that they put out. So apparently she, she uh, made up a, a person who did it but really had no other information. So now she faces charges making a false report. Excellent. And uh, she's out of state on vacation. And upon her return to Malala, she will be issued a citation. To uh, go to court. All right. Well, what is it? What is uh, right? Well, I don't. I guess that makes me feel better that I don't even remember the initial story. Well, I didn't either because I thought it was sidewalk in Malala. They even have sidewalks in Malala. That's what I was. And on a sidewalk in Malala, please. (laughs) (laughs) You expect that to get news coverage? (laughs) I never read it. I mean, how how hard is it to find a blanket? Really? All right. (laughs) Then uh, a 58-year-old woman suffered minor injuries in an encounter with a black bear on her back porch. This all happened with Doris Sue. Heard some noises coming from the old back porch and thought it was one of her pets. She opens the door and sees a bear eight feet away, feeding on her sunflower seeds stored in an aluminum trash can. She yelled, and apparently the bear charged her. Came right after Doris Sue on her back porch. Just one big lunge, and she never screamed. She said, I don't scream. I'm not a screamer. But when I do scream, I do make a lot of noise. So the bear swiped her, injuring her arm, foot, and thigh. And you can see a picture of... Uh, Dora Sue's thigh on my website at RadleyLive.com if you must see it. Does it seem like there's a lot of bear attack stories happening yeah. lately? Bears don't want to be bothered by people. No. Uh, and the bear returned uh, Monday morning at 3 a.m., but uh, Sarah's husband scared him off this time. She has scratches and a puncture wound treated at a local hospital. Her house is about five miles northeast of, northeast of uh, Sandy. So uh, they're putting up a bear trap in the area south of Coleman Road. Attention all bears. That's northeast of Highway 26. 
Biologists uh, warn against feel, feeding the bears, even unintentionally. Don't leave garbage cans accessible to bears. Then an Oregon homeowner is in for a big surprise, especially when all the bees leave. Apparently, bees swarmed her house with no warning. They were over at uh, Cindy Bennett's house. She was in the living room. When she noticed a bunch of bees flying around the room, she hollered to her husband, Rex. Hurry up and shut that window, Rex. Well, Rex didn't act in time. They noticed the air outside became thick with bees. Cindy quickly ran all over the house, closing all the doors and windows, because apparently she can't depend on Rex. Within a few minutes, the uh, windows started filling up with bees. Oh, that's just creepy. It felt like I was inside a beehive. It was a little freaky. Uh, she had kind of released about six bees that were trapped inside. She noticed another bee in the living room. More than twice the size of the others. You won't believe this. This queen bee was inside my house. They were all outside waiting for the queen who was inside. So I scooped her up with a container, put her out the window, and she flew off in the direction with all the rest. Oh, wait. So they were all so they were all following her. Yeah. Okay. So this is sort of like this is like in Godzilla, mm -hmm. uh, the remake, uh, where it is all the Godzilla is coming to town to rescue its child, which is there. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So here's the bad part that, uh, that, that uh, Sarah Sue encountered. And probably a bad move. Uh, so she... Uh, Rolled herself in honey. No. Uh, she went outside. <laughs> Why would you... <laughs> you want to get a keep... close look at all the bees. That's where they keep nature, though. Oh, you... boy. Uh, she was shocked to see the swarm had attached itself underneath the window where the queen had entered. They had started swarming at both windows. You can see the bees are walking from the window. If you've got a door, you use it to keep everything outside. That includes bees. Mm -hmm. Well, it turns out... Some, one of their neighbors has uh, beehives nearby, and that's where they think the bees come from. Uh, she and her husband live in Kings Valley. It's about an hour southwest of Salem and about an hour east of Newport. Well, you know what? If Rex had just taken care of business the first time around, this wouldn't have been an issue. Yep. He was busy in, in the shed all back. A uh, new law goes into effect in Washington State as well as California today. Drivers are no longer allowed to talk on their cell phones while driving, even to their mothers, unless they have a hands-free device or a speakerphone. This law was passed in 2007 at levies of $124 fine for any driver caught with a cell phone to the ear. The offense is considered secondary, and drivers uh, cannot be stopped simply for committing the violation. Uh, there is an exception in the law that allows drivers to place uh, a call without a hands-free unit. That is if you have to call 911. How on earth would they figure that out? Well, I don't know, and I'm getting some coffee, but let me just say, first of all, I don't know that, and secondly... This is the sort of thing that just makes it doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's either you can tell that even the lawmakers know that it's not really dangerous, because if it was truly dangerous, they would say they, they would make it a primary offense. Right. right. Like if they really thought it was dangerous. This is like my constant lament that if they really that if cell phones could really crash a plane or interfere with the plane's guidance systems, they wouldn't even let you. You'd have to check them. You can tell that the people who run the airlines don't even believe that crap about cell phones interfering with it, or they wouldn't let you take it on the plane. By the way, I leave my cell phone on all the time. Every time I fly, as a point of personal protest, I leave it on, I leave it running. How many, how many planes have you crashed? That would be so zero, far? Tim, okay. because it's made up. So that's how you know that cell phones can't really interfere with the plane's navigation system. You can tell that even these people don't believe that cell phone use is really dangerous while driving, or they wouldn't make it a secondary offense. They'd just say, look, we see you talking on the phone while you're driving, we're going we're gonna to pop you. And they don't. It's only this is like the seatbelt thing, which is one of those laws that they pass just because they have to placate some special interest group. Uh, you know, if the government, I mean, so th th there obviously is no real motivation for this. They're just trying to make somebody happy by doing this. If you cannot speak and drive at the same time, you don't need to be driving in the first place. You should just stay home and cover everything in your house with soft rubber padding. 
A 16-year-old boy has been charged with attempted murder after a shooting in Southeast. This happened at uh, Southeast 162nd and Southeast Division. They found a 17-year-old with a gunshot wound to the ankle and his 19-year-old brother who suffered a gunshot wound to the thigh. They believe that over the past few weeks, one of the victims had been engaged with a battle with somebody named Jeff Cooper, who's 16. Uh, Sunday night, as both victims got on the bus to go home, they saw the suspect again riding the same bus. The teens got in an argument. The victims got off the bus. The suspect followed them. Cooper allegedly shot the brothers as they tried to run away from him. What, is this the same killing as the other day? This isn't a killing. This is just a shooting. Oh, just a shooting. I'm you're sorry. Th- I just you're thinking of other shootings itself. <laughs> I heard this South is entirely East separate. I just, I just assumed someone was dead. No, oh, not this time. Shows what I know. People are getting a little bit tougher over there, more resilient. Yeah. They just patch them up and send them back up the street. <laughs> <laughs> They're like the people in Southeast are like the Volkswagen bug of uh, of crime victims. Well, they have you know what I mean? Just swap out a part and send them these, back out. These uh, little uh, mobile trucks that go around just patching people up and sending them back up right away, <laughs> waiting for their next victims. You're going back to the front, my friend. Uh, let's see. Uh, who wants to hear an email equating cell phone use while driving with abortion? I almost want to read it because it's so absurd. It's almost ridiculous enough to warrant being read. Okay, do it. Dear Rick and Sarah, not Tim, apparently. I guess Tim's exempt from this. I'm and the rest. <laughs> dear, dear. Well, someone care if the right and the rest. Apparently they don't have enough time to do it. In this dear Rick, Sarah, and other voices I hear talking in the background. <laughs> oh, ATL. Listen, listen to this. I'm just going to read this as it's written. I will save my comment to the end. Sir, uh, and this is another guy named Chad. It's a different, what is it with Chad's today? This is a different Chad. Um, He says, now Chad, you know we love you as a listener and all, but really. He says, I feel that all the women who are against abortion have never been raped and impregnated against their will. It's (laughs) what? I'm just reading the email as it's written. Okay, I think this was meant for Lars. No, but listen, but it's the second sentence where it really begins to pay off. Okay. He says, I feel that women who are against abortion have never been raped and impregnated against their will, as opposed to raped, like, I'm... Anyway, I said I would save my comments to the end. It's the same for people that are for the use of cell phones while driving. It's exactly the same. Uh, They are people who have never been hit by some ass on a cell phone. I have been hit while in the bike lane by someone on a cell phone. I have seen a man mowed down in a four-way intersection by a woman on a cell phone. Even after she hit him, she didn't get off the phone. I have been rear, I have even rear-ended someone while reaching for my phone. Think about it. There's no punctuation of any kind here. Think about it. Talking on your cell phone is as bad as drinking and driving. Your vision is impaired because your face is smashed against your shoulder. Your reaction time is slower because you have to deal with your phone before you can deal with the situation. And you are not paying full attention because you are on your phone. I love your show, but you need to get educated on this subject! Exclamation mark. Having gotten to the end of this, I don't even know that I have the energy to go back and just sort of deal with it. Why? You guys were left out. Yes. I mean, wow. They didn't even wait until he was halfway through to go to the abortion thing. It led with that. All that's missing here is like, you know who else liked talking on a cell phone while driving? Hitler! Uh, I can uh, see where he's, I can see his point, though, about people not paying attention when they're using their phone and driving. I suppose, but I've, I almost I mean, get hit like a half dozen times in various intersections every week walking down the street by people like that. I mean, I guess, I guess that's true, but I think there are just... Here's the thing. I think there are just good drivers and bad drivers, period. And I think bad drivers are people who make poor decisions. 
They say to themselves, maybe I should rummage in the glove box for something while I'm speeding along at 50 miles an hour. Maybe I should put on my makeup while I'm trying to navigate a four-way intersection. Uh, you know, maybe, well, that guy talked about, he was seeing that he saw one who was reading a book while she was driving. So, I mean, those are the same people who say, like, well, you know what, I'll just sit here and I'll search through my phone's address book while I'm driving. I'll send a text message. I'll check my email while I'm driving. I mean, because talking on a cell phone is not what they're what what they're dealing with. They're trying to I, I'm right. There's a whole difference between talking on your cell phone, which is no different than talking to someone in the car with you, and sitting there trying to do some sort of text-based procedure on your cell phone. And if you're the kind of person who's going to sit there and type an email with one hand while staring at the screen while not paying attention, then you're the same kind of. I mean, if it wasn't the cell phone, it would just be something else. Then you are the same kind of person that's just going to be looking for something in the back seat while you're on a four-way highway. Uh, so. I just I don't think it's the cell phone. I think the cell phone and people who are texting or something while they're driving, that is just symptomatic of a larger problem. Mm -hmm. There are just good drivers and bad drivers. This law doesn't need to I mean, you know, for bad drivers if it's not the cell phone, it's just going to it's just going to be something else. So, anyway, well, whatever. Sorry, Chad. Here's Tim Riley. Get ready for your power bills to go up. Regional utilities are buying expensive wholesale electricity to meet rising consumer demand. They're also investing heavily to meet renewable energy mandates. Uh, natural gas prices are about 70% higher than the level used to set rates last year. And PGE, always a problem all the time, regardless of who owns it. Filed a request with regulators in February to increase rates 8.9% beginning in January. Now the company is set to up, update that request to account for increasing fuel costs. Whatever. Uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, listen to this one. Campbell Soups has cooked up a deal to sell their soup under the Wolfgang Puck label. They'll simply tear off the old label and put Wolfgang Puck labels on their old soup. I don't even know what Wolfgang Puck does. I mean, he's a chef, but, I mean, does he actually cook somewhere? Probably not. I mean, he's, he's just a known name, and apparently people think that's the mark of quality. He's Whether a, or not he actually does any work, it's like Bob Vila in this old house. I've never seen him work. No. He just orders people around. So you sort of want to, I mean, just in a, in a theoretical flight of fancy, just go get, go kidnap Bob Vila and just at gunpoint make him build you something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Who would pay his ransom? Build me a bathroom now just to see if he could do it. Do you think anybody really loves Bob Vila? I don't know where Bob Vila is anymore. He you know, shows up in commercials. But, you know, well, that's why he got fired from this old house. Because he was using his name to to pitch that line of uh, you know your first book kitchens and bathrooms will tell you everything you need to know about tiling like he was doing he was using the this old house thing to sell a bunch of crap and so then this out this old house fired him there ought to be a southern version of that show called this outhouse uh, what else was I going to say ba 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 Wolfgang Puck uh, Bob Vila wait no 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 gone um. Well, in any event, so they're just gonna, so it's just gonna be regular Campbell's soup that says Wolfgang Puck on the front. Yeah, why not? Well, all right, I suppose it's good work if you can get it. So you'll, the only thing I ever bought that was Wolfgang Puck, you know, Wolfgang Puck, you know what they, he sells at Fred Meyer? You can buy this, um, you can buy this self-heating cappuccino, and it comes in, it comes in a can, and it looks like one of those sort of big plasticky coffee mate uh, dispensers. And you take it camping, and the deal is, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a sealed can that has cappuccino or a mocha inside. And you turn the bottom, and it's sort of like a self-contained can of Sterno attached to the bottom. So you turn the bottom, you go, turn it like a knob, you let it sit for about 60 seconds, and it's piping hot. So I bought one of those just to try it. It was like $4. That Wolfgang Puck sure is a genius. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is, Tim. Yes, he is. Now it bugs me that I can't think of the Bob Vila observation I was going to make. Wait. 
Oh, it was going to be this. This is sort of like Bob Vila. Did you know there is a Chef Boyardee, or was? Yes. A real person. He changed the spelling of his name, though. Yes. To make it easier. Because they uh, they wanted thick Americans to be able to pronounce it. Uh -huh. Here's the really weird thing, too. Chef Boyardee, or Boyardee, as, as his name is actually pronounced, I guess he was actually like a three-star chef at one point. Mm -hmm. I mean, that really is the great talent of America, to say something that's sort of distinct and well done and just to extrude it through some sort of crap -a later that just, make, that just makes it bad. Is there anything worse than Chef Boyardee food? I mean, I, I would rather it be set on fire. I don't know. I'm not familiar with it very well. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. It goes back a few, few years to, to uh, when mothers had to stay home and cook. That was the easiest solution for them to do. Mm -hmm. Opening a can of anything that says Chef Boyardee and throw it in front of the kids. Chef Boyardee is, I mean, it's just it's just where, look, and I'm no, uh, I'm no foodie or nothing, but it, it just where, it's where food goes to die. I mean, it's just some of the worst. It's indescribably bad. Like, it almost doesn't even count as being pasta. It just is sort of like is its own unique food group. So, all right, well, in any event, here's Tim Riley. Speak of things that are on television, remember we talked about the pet egg last week? Yes, we did, Tim. For those who, who missed it, it's that little, uh, well, it's it's like a cheese grater to scrape the dead skin off your feet. And uh, the infomercials have been running on the television for quite some time. And as it turns out today, we have some breaking news about this. Well, let me play a little bit from the Pet Egg commercial. Okay, Are you ahead, embarrassed by ugly feet and sexy sandals? Are dry, cracked feet ruining your stockings? Don't put sexy shoes on ugly feet. <laughs> now treat your feet to a foot makeover with Pet Egg, the amazing new foot grooming miracle that removes old dried skin in minutes. So anyway, they have two models here shown removing their... Dry skin Can with I a pet see, egg. Are they in this commercial? Can I see them? Uh, no. Oh, okay. uh, th well, this is part of this. Uh, apparently, they're suing the company for gross injustice. The foot models, Kelly Parks Corso and her husband, Jonathan Corso, apparently they're, they're foot model twins, they work together, claim they were duped into appearing in these infomercials. According to the court document posted on SmokingGun.com, the Corsos alleged the company applied horror makeup to one of their feet prior <laughs> to the shooting. Before and after. They give them green, scaly skin. Now they said they were paid a few hundred dollars but never negotiated an agreement covering the airing of the pet egg commercials. The Corsos say they were shocked to discover the, quote, cheap, low-quality commercials broadcast worldwide showing their dead skin without their permission. Wait, so I'm unclear. Are they saying the dead skin isn't really theirs? They're not really getting into that, no. I'm curious because here's my thing. It's like, why... Are they think are they saying they weren't paid enough? Yes. Or they they say they were paid a few hundred dollars but never negotiated an agreement covering okay. the area. So it's not just that they were depicted as having horrific feet. No. That's not the issue. That's not the issue. Like so it's like it's like whenever you see like you ever see uh, commercials for products and you wonder I mean just as an actor how hard up you have to be before you like decide before you decide to start, you know star in some commercial for some embarrassing you know I have inflamed hemorrhoids or whatever and you're like that guy. On camera, pretending to be like a hemorrhoid sufferer. Oh, be, I do it because it really. Oh, absolutely. Be, now commercials because it, is there the big money there in commercials? Yes. Mm -hmm. Where would you say commercials? I mean, is that one of the more lucrative things you yes. can? Are you paid but per, hard to get. per airing? Yes. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, but uh, apparently, see, this must have been a non-union commercial, and that's why you never do stuff like this because they can do whatever they want with you. So they must have been hard up for money. They only paid a few hundred dollars, and they should have known ahead of time. 
if they had negotiated this, so it's really their own fault. Well, it's just like this is sort of the girls gone wild of infomercials. Yes, it is. Local, pay $125. Would you like to do something on film that will haunt you forever? Great, sign here. So uh, they're going to get away with it because it's non-union. Yeah, well, but you say it's worth it because it's a good product. It works for me. There you go. In your face, foot I'll, folks. I'll show you my feet, and you won't find any dead skin on them. That's the weirdest thing you have ever said. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, Rick. How's it going? What's up? Well, you're Tim's feet that? are apparently smooth and butter-like. You're talking about Bluetooth headsets? Yes. I was. Uh, I deal with a lot of truck drivers uh, during my work day, and almost all those guys always have a Bluetooth in their headset, regardless if they're driving or not. Yeah. I, well, I mean, the thing about, like, being a truck, like, if you're just there, if you're in a truck... And you're, you know, in one place for long periods of time. I could see the point of Bluetooth because you turn it on, you switch it on, and then you just leave it. You know what I mean? You just leave it there. But I mean, if you're, uh, but I mean, if you're sort of just walking around, living your life, which is, I think, what Sarah and I were talking about. I mean, you're here, you're walking around, you're going to a restaurant, you're going to the store, you're going home, you're taking a shower, whatever. It just, it just seems overly difficult. It seems like there's about nine different steps every time you want to switch from Bluetooth to handheld. There was this guy in uh, one of my college classes. He he would always have his Bluetooth in his ear. I mean, he would use it for work and then just leave it in all day, well, regardless of what he was doing. And everybody has the first time that they that they were talking to somebody who they then realized wasn't talking to them. Uh, my friend Adrian, that happened with. I ran into him at the uh, at the at the mall or whatever, and, and he walked up and he's like, blah 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 blah. And I said, oh, that's great, that's wonderful. And also, blah blah blah. And I responded back, and then it turned out he hadn't even seen me there. He was, like, talking to some guy and was sort of in his zone because he was talking to the Bluetooth thing. And I was just and, – and then you look like a genetic defective talking to some guy who hasn't even noticed you. So it was all very embarrassing. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. There you go. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Dateline Hollywood. The current contract between the big Hollywood studios and the Screen Actors Guild expired at midnight. Now, they're going to take a couple of days to uh, take a look at what that is. Uh, the chief negotiator for SAG, Doug Allen, said the studios are taking advantage of the fact that AFTRA and SAG did not negotiate as a team this time around. Unequal contracts encourage producers to pit one union against the other at the expense of the members of both. At your expense when they search out the cheapest contract. So if you uh, don't fight this time, you'll end up with nothing as far as the residuals. In all my years as a negotiator, I've learned two things that are always true. You don't get what you don't ask for, and if management says no to what you ask for, you don't get what you're unwilling to fight for. Don't break their legs. <laughs> this slice of editorial comment from Tim Riley, News Director, AM 970. No, I'm saying there's no such thing as that, of course. Uh, AAA Nevada is warning drivers concerned with fuel economy about the dangers of hypermilling. Uh, that's where drivers hope to exceed the EPA estimated fuel efficiency by drastically changing their maintenance habits and driving habits. So what does this mean? Well, apparently, uh, people have gotten into the very bad habit of turning up their engine while the car is still moving. Traffic situations are very dynamic. You can get to a bad situation very quickly when you need to accelerate or steer around the situation. And if your engine isn't running, you're not going to be able to respond, and you wind up in a very bad way. Like steering and braking. And <laughs> I was just going to say, first of all, whose job is it to tell people that if your car is turned off, Nothing's going to work. Secondly, Apparently people don't know that. Okay, but they're that's, experimenting. That is made up, though. I'm calling BS on that. I no one is doing that. Who turns off the car while they're driving? Yeah, I mean, I guess you have the occasional Floridian who just, you know, that's the same guy that, as Drew Curtis would say, that steals a bunch of gas while, you know, lighting the way with his Zippo. So I understand that the, the rare exception exists. I call shenanigans on that being a nationwide trend or people, a lot of people doing that. I remember people doing that. 
Back turning off their cars while driving? Going down the hill. I've oh. seen people like shift into neutral, but not like turn off their cars. Like to coast? Yes, mm. down the hill. Yeah, maybe. I've been in a vehicle that did that. All right. Really? Was it? Did, did, did the person give you any warning? My dad doesn't give anyone any warnings. <laughs> <laughs> you just all of a sudden it was... Because the car is just sort of rocketing We're down the gas. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Uh, what else do we have? You know, because I'm not going to be here for the fourth, I have to do all these fireworks PSAs and get them out of my system. You know, fireworks can injure you and put you in the emergency room That's during this fourth of July. That from uh, Dr. Tom of the Cleveland Clinic. He said if fireworks accidents happen, get help right away. If they're burned, they need to, you know, cool the burn, apply some cold water to the area, and um, if there's an actual injury or a blast injury, obviously apply pressure to stop bleeding and uh, cover up any open wounds to avoid infection and then come to the emergency department to get checked out. He says he's being forced to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, about that uh, teenage Alaska girl in the hospital after that grizzly bear attacked her during a 24-hour bike ride. She was among 60 people taking part in a race, which was set to run uh, throughout uh, Alaska, which is a very bad idea, really. Uh, Pete Basinger was on the Today Show. He apparently came across the victim uh, after she was attacked by the grizzly. She handed me her cell phone as I was holding her, and uh, I tried to call 911, um, uh, and the keys were locked on the cell phone, so I had her unlock the cell phone. Um, I then dialed 911. That's a different story than we got yesterday. Yeah. She called 911 and said, grizzly? No, she said bear. Bear. Yesterday, bear. Bear. That was it. So That's creepy. Now the story's already changed. Only because the guy was on the Today Show. Maybe the next version of the story, she'll have held off an entire battalion of Iraqi soldiers with one pistol. Oh, that could be, too. I was like, whatever happened to that girl? Jessica Lynch, wasn't that her? Yeah. Whatever happened to her? Didn't she vanish into the back into the backwoods of whatever town she came from? Family back. Maybe she's back in the coal mine somewhere. Back, back to the loving embrace of her family. Uh, all right, let's see. Grandparents are buried in mausoleum. Funny story. Totally. All right, I'm suspicious. Hi, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Tim. How's it going? Hi, thank you. Hello. Good. Uh, yeah, my parent, my grandparents on my father's side are buried in the uh, mausoleum there in uh, Selwood. Uh-huh. And um, my grandma died before my grandfather, and she was just in a casket, and we went up there, and uh, they have one of the wall units, and, you know, they put her in. It's all good. Several years later, my grandfather dies, and he's uh, of a different religion than my grandmother, so we cremate him. So he's in a little, like a little, one of those little cremation boxes. Right. And the way those wall units work at the mausoleum is it's a nice piece of like marble, and it's stuck on you know a regular kind of like sheetrock wall background. Right. It. So they take the marble off, they cut a hole in it so they can put the box in. So after we have our little service, we go there with the box with the cremated grandfather in it, and the hole is not big enough to fit him in. <laughs> so we have to leave him on the floor. Just assuming they're going to, you know, come back later and open up the hole and actually put him into the wall. So, for all we know, he could... Little did he know he's on Chuck Palahniuk's mantle at home right now. Yeah, or, or down in Oaks Bottom or something like that. I th- See, for a minute, I, I thought that this story was going to end with you just tipping the box into the hole and kind of hitting the bottom with your hand, <laughs> like, in there, all right, get in there, all right, yeah. and there, we're done. All right. There you go, Graham. That's get sort it. of a slapdash <laughs> attitude toward the, the immortal interment of your loved ones.
Yeah, no, uh, it's, our family has a really good sense of humor, so we found it a little, like, pretty amusing. All right. I know, would have asked so. for a discount if I were you. <laughs> they had prepaid for it. We prepaid for those spots. They had had those spots, I think, for, like, 30 years. Well, that's like a locking in a low rate now kind of a thing. <laughs> exactly. All right, but, yeah, if anyone gets the chance to go in there, it's a, it is a really good, cool place to wander around. So. Yeah, I, I've actually never been there. I feel like a bad Portlander, so I'll have to oh, go there. Oh, you need to go. All right. Yeah. Thank you, sir. You're welcome, thanks. Yeah, if you really want to be, um, I won't tell the story on the air because it's horrifying, but if you really want to hear some some disturbing anecdotes uh, about that mausoleum, uh, this month's, uh, it is the advocate for this month, has a great interview with Chuck Palahniuk, and he gives the interview, most of the interview took place as he was giving the author of the piece, like a guided tour through the, mu- the mausoleum, and he just tells some of the most like horrific facts about that, like things that you don't ever want in your head. And see, now I know you'll go read it. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll take a break. We'll have a lot of Silver to Florida stories here. Really? Yeah. Wait, stories from where, Tim? Florida. Yeah, in your face, Rick. Stupid me. All right, sorry. A uh, 41-year-old man told Fort Police, uh, Fort Pierce Police he was just relaxing in the park when they found him sitting in his car with his pants undone. <laughs> well, that's the easiest way to relax. They uh, saw a Nicodem Pichon sitting in the driver's seat of his car with his pants open and a sunk over his genitals. Wow! According what? to the police report, he what? told police officers his pants are open because he was hot. <laughs> He's charged with lewd and lascivious exhibition and cited for driving while his license was suspended. Well, what is the point of that if you're going to air out your junk and then you put a sock over it? Mm-hmm. I think we all know That's the like point. That's like painting over a Picasso. Friend, why would you? Don't hide your light under a bushel. But, so really, how can you like lie about that? I was hot, but it, therefore I'm going to undo my pants and stick a sock on there. Maybe it was like a really sheer sock. Maybe it, it was I mean, stocking. Maybe it wasn't, maybe it wasn't a, what, like a hunting sock or something. A 200-person melee at a Fort Myers gas station started over a pack of cigarettes. Six people, including two teenagers, have been arrested. Uh, There were five females and one male using sticks, pipes, and other blunt objects to strike a vehicle at the (laughs) racetrack gas station. (laughs) 16-year-old female victim uh, said she, her cousin, and her cousin's boyfriend pulled next to a gas pump and several females walked over and began arguing. The sheriff's spokesman said the altercation appeared over a pack of stolen cigarettes, but the details are unclear. The two others in the car tried to calm the situation, but were unsuccessful. The victims then tried to drive away, but were chased by other females who began beating the sides of the vehicles with the various objects, causing thousands of dollars in damage. I don't understand. What what was the disagree- What disagreement over a pack of cigarettes could you have? It, it's still unclear. That would cause 200 people to be attacking a car with sticks and pipes. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is. All right. You know how the poor people are. It doesn't take very much to get them going. That's uh, Tim Riley, CBS Radio News Director, speaking in the tradition of Morrow and Cronkite. All right, well... At least it keeps them off public transportation, <laughs> if not for a few minutes. Sort of, it's, so they, sort of they like that adrenaline rush out of their system, so once they do sit down, they'll be quiet. <laughs> I'll admit... <laughs> Man. Well, I'm just <laughs> no, I like the idea that the car was leading them away to like some sort of Pied Piper of poverty. Exactly. Um, <laughs> what should we beat and destroy? We're poor. <laughs> well, that's life in these United States. It really is. Whether you want to or not. No, no, I'm in full agreement. Oh, wow. You know, I really do feel like, here's the thing. I think if one of us ever wins some massive amount of money or inherits like a billion dollars or something, I think we really need to. Uh, I think we need to start raising money somehow right now for a biosphere uh, it, where all of us c- it can go to live and just leave the dregs behind. Uh-huh. I mean, and by dregs I mean Florida. Just leave it behind. 
So, all right. Uh, we should take a break here. More stories from Florida coming. Really? Is that true? Excellent. Including the man who struck mom in the head with a Polish sausage. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. It's uh, the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Still to come, more of Tim Riley, your phone calls, uh, and the top five album-ending songs of all time. Stay there. It's uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Here's a question that Tim might be interested in. Rick, radio question. Rick, I have a question I haven't been able to get out of my head for the last month about the delay system. I understand the whole concept of the dump button, but what I'm unclear about is the actual amount of delay. For example, a 20-second delay versus a 40-second delay. Uh, I was too much of a lazy bastard to go look for an answer, so I figured I'd ask a knowledgeable fellow such as yourself if the answer is something I could find on my own. Uh, tell me not to be uh, lazy, and I'll go look for it myself. Best show. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And that actually dovetails with another email I got from somebody who said that he didn't understand how the delay works. It sounds like you're warping space and time, but I think that's probably not true. Please to explain how it operates. And it is really... Uh, are you old enough to remember, Tim, and you probably are, the delays that had... It was like a tape loop thing? Yes, it was a magnet cord. Yeah. Remember those things? Yes, I do. It was two magnet cords, and there was a, a, like a ring of tape that was spliced together, and it ran between two magnet cords. It would record into the top magnet cord, and by the time it got to the bottom playhead, you had that much time to and, zap it if you needed to. And then if you were zapping it, it was just hitting it with like a little degausser, right? Yeah. So now this, we're, we're talking in terms. This is explaining nothing to nobody. <laughs> we're talking about the boy. You know, I really am the last generation that even knows what a degausser even is. Do you know what a degausser is? Nope. That's it. It's a thing that goes and you hold it over carts. Because I was say, that's and a if you do it and if you do it wrong, you get a. It's the bulker. It's the uh, the, the the electromagnetic bulker. And then you gotta find splices. Man. The electromagnetic oh. bulk. Oh, we're so old. Bluetooth oh, oh. <laughs> is hard to use. Something from Lost. Uh, it does. It, I mean, it was like a weird. Uh, never mind. I don't even have the energy to talk about it. There's. Well, I'll just. Uh, now we have to work our way back and then explain the delay and then we'll move on. Um, all right. So there was a time. Uh, well, everything took a lot longer than it does now. Exactly, because the past sucks. Uh, and so there was this time. I almost read that essay. It's like it's only about a page long. Douglas Copeland wrote this essay one time called "The Past Sucks," which is all about how the you know we glorify and romanticize the past, but really the past was terrible, and the present is better, and the future will be even more so. And um, and he starts off the essay by saying, like, I'm writing this essay on my Mac Power Book on a supersonic airliner traveling from so and so, you know, from Paris to to Los Angeles on a nonstop flight. If this were 200 years ago, I'd be dead. Uh, and uh, so. Um, Anyway, up until just a few years ago, even here at C I think CBS Portland, actually, I think this building specifically held on to old, outdated technology way longer than all the other radio uh, stations in the city. Because when I was doing the syndicated show, my producer at the time, Mike, also worked here. He worked at The Beat at the time. And I remember him, and this was in like 2000, complaining that they still used carts for everything over here. So I think this building it held on to tape a lot longer. But the deal is... Well, you've seen the CD carts in other rooms. I mean, 
That's true. It's they a constant up. struggle with them because they are. They have to use like these crappy CD carts. And when everything was on tape, when it was like reel to reels or it was carts, which are basically like eight tracks. The only way, I mean, the way that you erased all that stuff is in every production room, there would be this thing that looked like, it just looked like a big black plastic brick with a red button on the side of it. I mean, it was like one big black square uh, or cube, you know, it was like maybe what it was what you sort of visualize an airplane's black box looking like, but it was a big black cube with one giant red button on the side. And the deal is you would take whatever you wanted to erase, anything that was on tape, you would put it on top and you would hit the red button and then you'd sort of just spin the thing around a little bit. You'd move the and it would, and it would, it, it was a huge electromagnet that would just go. And then it would just, and whatever it was it, would it be would erased. the words out of it. Didn't they have one of those over at the coin tower? Probably. Yeah, yeah. they did, actually, because yeah. they still had some carts over there. Um, and so that is what the old-style delay systems used, where it would record your voice on a piece of tape, on a piece of audio tape, and you would have 20 seconds between when it passed over the record head and when it hit the play head. And you would have during that time, if you wanted to, if you wanted to dump something, you would have to bleep it. You would hit a button, which ad, a, activated a little very directional electromagnet that would zap your words as they went by on the tape. That's how delay systems used to work. I mean, it's crazy. That's neat. I mean, and some guy had to invent that, which is weird. Yeah. Um, so now we just have a, a digital delay system, uh, probably a thing called an even tide, which is, which is kind of the, the delay system that most radio stations use. And so we have 40 seconds of delay, which is more than some. I remember when I only get a seven-second delay. I remember working. Uh, I had uh, at one point in my radio career, I had one seven-second delay. Didn't we only have seven seconds at KOTK? We had two, three and a half seconds. Didn't we? I think so. Maybe that was it. You could dump twice at three and a half seconds yeah. each. Yeah. Now we have forty seconds. Thank you, Janet Jackson. Uh, but I mean, Don and Mike. I think I think Don and Mike are literally on like a two and a half minute delay. Uh, I know. I know Howard. When Howard was on radio, I think he was. I think Howard Stern had almost a three minute delay because he had one. And there was one in his PD's office. I think the GM had one, and uh, and and I think there was one somewhere else. So oh, and then the radio station had one. I think Stern was delayed by like three and a half minutes at some point. All right, Big Jim from KUFO just brought in this degausser. So let's plug it in to gauze something. It's a, <laughs> it's a handheld. This is a handheld degausser or bulker because it would bulk erase. And oh, here you know exactly what a degausser is, Sarah. You know where you've seen one of these. In Fight Club, when they go into Blockbuster and they just erase all of the videos. Okay, I totally know what you're That's saying. what it is. Okay. That's how some guys used to get uh, revenge on radio stations that fire them. Go to the cart rack. Oh, dude, I have <laughs> no music for the next five days. Everybody has worked at that radio station. I, let me just tell you this. I used to have, when I was in Salt Lake, uh, there was the, after, uh, the midday show, the guy who did this shift in Salt Lake. There's this British guy named Martin, and his producer, who I will not name because he's probably listening at some point and he owns a wide variety of handguns, uh, his producer had very painstakingly over the years compiled all of this great bumper music uh, from Martin's show. And I mean, and it was, and this is not like not like today now with your kids and you're putting all the bumper music in the computer. I mean, each bump had to be on a cart of its own, and so there was this entire wall of bumper music. That this guy had put together over the course—I mean, hundreds of music beds, sound effects, drop-ins, uh, you know, just, you know, just little little sound bites, just hundreds and hundreds of them. And so then this guy was fired at one point because he was like an unstable nutcase. So we should have seen this coming, I suppose. And he did—I swear to God, he did. It was like the oldest trick in the book. He goes, 
All right, I've been fired. That's fine. Uh, give me just one second. I gotta go get my. Uh, I gotta go get my things out of the studio. I'll meet you. And we're like, all right, we'll meet you out here in the lobby, and then kick you out. And nobody went with him. And so, of course, what happens? He goes in. He this thing right here. He picks it up. He presses the button, and he just. And in about ten seconds, he had just erased like five years worth of production on the wall. So. Wow. And, uh, yeah, that's what that thing does. It sucks the words right out of everything. And you know, you know what else this does? This also sucks the activation right out of your credit card. Have you ever accidentally dig-dials to credit cards? Oh, so oh like you, yeah. Yeah, where like if you um, are scanning things like at Fred Meyer, and then you have to rub it over mm-hmm. the yellow strip before you put it in the bag. Yeah, if this, they would always, when you would have these bulk erasers, and I would actually plug it in and turn it on now, but I don't think I should have this near the microphone, should I? Would that do something bad to the mic? Potentially, yeah, I'd Did say. Did you plug it in? No. Okay, yeah, it's no, it's uh, otherwise it would be going. Um, It'll make you sterile. But when you, <laughs> but when, poor man's vasectomy. That can only help humanity at this point. Uh, but when you would be, when wouldn't you it would, be wonderful if you could walk down the street with that? When you someone would, with like sixteen kids hanging from you, you could sterilize them. Oh, I know. That's how <laughs> or you can hold it over the rat hole at your house. Yeah. Uh, so when when you would go to bulk a cart or a reel, they would always tell you to be careful because if you had a credit card, watch any yeah a watch anything with a magnetic strip on it. Uh, would immediately uh, just be blank, and it would never work again. So like, if you had a credit card that got you close to this, shh, gone. And if your watch, if you had a watch that got near this, it would completely screw up your watch, both mechanical and digital, by the way. My Casio calculator watch? That's what I'm saying. You bring it here right now, I can make it into nothing. So where did you even find this? Believe it or not, that's, uh, my old work station used to have that sitting around, and I had no idea what it was for the longest time. And I eventually just put it aside out of the way because I had a bunch of other stuff I need to put there. I hear you talking about this, and I run and grab it, and I find an engineer, Matt. I'm like, is this what he's talking about? He's like, that is it right there. Wait, have you never used one of these? I have never used one of those, no. May I ask how old you are? I am 31. Well, that does surprise Probably me. Probably not. You're right on the edge, maybe. You're right on the sort of on the sort of dividing line. Well, I honestly, this is my first gig in radio, so I've, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, before this, I chased shoplifters for Tower Records. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so this is anyway. Yeah, so that's what this is. You plug it in, uh, you press this button, and anything that is magnetic, yeah. this will completely destroy it. So maybe, yeah, maybe you should have hmm. a use this power keyboard. only for good. I will go to movie madness. There you go. <laughs> All right. Big Jim from Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you, Thank sir. you. Thanks, All right. Sir. There you go. Anyway, so that's uh, there used to be a little tiny one of those that, that worked as a delay system. Now it's like digital. So anyway. But you know what? You know what will weird you out if you think about it too much is when you think about our digital delay now and how everything we're saying right now doesn't even really exist until 40 seconds from now. That I could actually say this. You know, I could say something here and go into the kitchen and do something and come back, and it still won't even have existed in the, in the real world anywhere outside the studio. It does kind of screw with your head a little bit. And don't even get me started on the whole when you when I hit the, the dump button here and it, it bleeps the last 10 seconds, and then somehow we get that 10 seconds back. I mean, it, the whole thing, that's, it's like... Yeah, that's strange. So what it does is it takes, um, like... Space like gaps and stuff in in the future time, right? It puts in minute. <laughs> this it, is crazy. In future land, it puts minuscule slices of silence. So like if I del- if I hit the dump button, and I erase the last ten seconds of whatever I've said, the way that it gets that back, because then we're only thirty seconds ahead, not forty. The way that it gets that back is there is a a digital device that puts almost unnoticeable slices of silence into everything I say for the next 90 seconds to stretch it out again to make it 40 seconds ahead. It's just so weird. The whole thing just, just freaks with your head. Oh, it really so, it does. Has to, so it adds in time. It doesn't take out time. Yeah, when you dump it, it takes out time, and then it adds time in to get you caught back up again. 
Okay, it's, so a, it's a replacement for big machines that have big moving parts. Like exactly. Yeah. That took up bigger rooms than what we have now. And by the way, you can always tell when a radio station has had to dump several things in a row. If somebody has sworn multiple times in the studio. We don't or, have those kind of listeners. We don't have those kind of listeners. Uh, but you can always tell because if someone has had to hit the delay button more than once in a row, when they start talking, it will sound like this and everything is a little slow. And it is because the it is the, everything they're saying is being artificially slowed down so that the delay machine can get 40 seconds ahead again. Mm. It's just bizarre. I mean, it really you can't think about it too much because it makes your brain hurt. And then you realize that some guy had to sit down and invent that thing because it didn't exist. I mean, it really is like you're screwing with the whole continuum of time, time, time. All right, here's Tim Riley. Wait, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Should I use the delay right now? Yes, yes. All right. Mm. So we here's want a the, demonstration. Here's the thing. I'm gonna count to 20. Nobody's going to hear what you're saying right no, now. No, but I'm going to count to 20, and okay. then I'll bleep the middle of it. So I will, I'm going to count to so 20. So people listening online able to hear something that people on the air are not? I don't know. I think at some point they're going to make the stream post-delay, but I think right now you hear it unfiltered if you're online. So this is a – so if I hit this, it's 10 seconds. So where should I hit it if I'm going to count from 1 to 20? Like at 15? Or 14. Yeah. All right. So – and then, see, the thing is this won't be as tedious in the air as it will be here because they're not going to hear half of it. Oh, okay. um, all right. One. Wait, how I can do it with my, Wait, with my I don't watch? We're doing. So you're counting to 15. I'm gonna count I to know, 20. I'm gonna count to 20, but I'm gonna bleep out the middle 10 seconds. Okay. So on the air, it will only sound like I'm counting. It'll sound like I'm going one, two, three, four, with five, 15, 16, 17, 18. Okay. If I do it right. All right. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, where else would you hear these discussions? I mean, honestly, nowhere uh, but KCMD Portland. Yes. Honed. All right. And one, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. <laughs> now, theoretically, if I hit it in the right place, it would go from five to six. I went to like five, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. So, anyway, it's just it's a it's a weird. I remember. I think I want to hear the air feed. Can we listen to the air I feed? I think so. If you want to switch All over, I'll have to start. I'll have to talk. All right. See, now I'm having to... Uh, now we're listening to it. In now we're listening to ourselves. All right. And we're listening back to the air feed right now to see if it works. Let's see if it works. Oh, seven. Oh, there we go, okay. seven. Okay, so there you go. That was pretty weird. All right, so I hit it late, but that was weird. Oh, that's freaky. It's freaking me out! Time. Let's do it again. Let's do it all day. <laughs> A, B, C... No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. That'll be our HD channel. Watch us play with the dump button. <laughs> ah, we're idiots. Oh, this is fun. Rick. He's an idiot. Here's Tim Riley. Well, anyway, let's talk about uh, what Miley Ray Cyrus is up to today. Because you're probably curious, aren't you? What? Miley Ray Cyrus. Oh, yeah. What's she up to? Well, she now regrets uh, posing for that scandalous She's photo spread at uh, Vanity Fair, but she wants to put it behind her. What she told me is that she does not sort of consider it the high point in her career and certainly is embarrassed and considers it to be a, a lapse in judgment. But that said, I think she just wants to move on. That's Courtney Harding, who just wrote an article about her in the Billboard magazine. She said the whole problem is Miley doesn't have any role models. She said that she really didn't have anyone that she was modeling her career after. You know, she, I think, is in this sort of uncharted territory and in terms of her personal role models, I know she looks up to her parents very much. 
Uh, I'm How about put... that Russian model who was in the skyscraper in New York? There's a role model for you. <laughs> Do exactly what she does. <laughs> That's Tim Riley saying that, by the way. Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Did you, oh, man, did you see the interview with the ex-boyfriend of the Russian model guy? No. That really, I do have to say this, Rick Emerson isn't encouraging suicide. Suicide, don't do it. No, I'm sorry. Teenage suicide, don't, don't do it. Do it. Uh, but really, it does seem like if you want to stick it to your ex, that is a pretty effective way to do that. Um, really, if you want to make the person who just dumped you look like a real bastard, jumping off a building will accomplish that. Uh, Sylvia Plath yeah, I saw learned the that. pictures of him, like, all upset. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, I think that Sylvia Plath found a really effective way to stick it to Ted Hughes, just putting her That'll head in an you. oven. Yeah, I'll seriously. never do that again. That's right. Never dump her again. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey Rick, how's it going? Hi, are you speaking to me from the past? Yeah, the yeah. Uh, well, I'm in a I'm in a concrete building. Okay. Uh, but the Gosser thing, I kind of sparked a memory of mine. My dad used to like to make super cool mixtapes, cassette tapes, because he didn't like the man telling him what order to listen to his songs. Of in. course. And he would procure cassette tapes from his from his employer, uh, illicitly that were they, that they used for data. Yeah. He would store all their computer data on these cassette tapes, and he'd be in the kitchen with his box of tapes. Running it over a black monolith, saying, "I'm just erasing tapes." Yeah. And then, and then he would, he would record all his music on the work tapes he got from work. So that, now I know what it was called. That's exactly oh. it. It was a Degosser or Bulker. Yes. Alrighty. Thank you, sir. All right, Thank there you. we go. And final note for radio nerds: and if you didn't, when you were bulking, you couldn't just turn the button off. You had to gradually pull the tape away from it and then turn the button off, or else it made a sound that went. Exactly right, Tim. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick. This is you know what it is. This is going to be lost knowledge, Tim, when we're dead. Yeah. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Don't be sorry when okay, we're before, gone. Before I start talking about the recipe, I just wanted to make a comment on suicide. Um, committing suicide to get back an ex is like kamikaze for lazy people. <laughs> oh, it's, it's an emotional kamikaze, but really, but it never. But it, I mean, the thing about it is, I mean, if I may, if I may just say this, the the thing about it is, is that I think a lot of people think. That when they commit suicide, that somehow it's going to have this really, it's going to have this real you know, traumatic effect on the world. And that, you know, and that all, I think people believe a lot of times, like when they commit suicide, it's really going to make everybody around them kind of sit up and really take notice and just ponder things. And maybe that's true for your absolute immediate family. But I mean, the fact of the matter is, even for them, yeah, the ripples eventually go out of the pond and everybody goes about their business. Yeah, the best you're buyer buying snacks and within that, five minutes. Right, that's the thing. I mean, so I mean, I, I mean, I hate to be, you know, I don't mean to be all mealy mouthed about it, but I mean, really, for people who are sort of pondering, like, I'll show them all. You're really not showing anybody anything. I mean, people. I mean, look, here's a, here's a good example. George Carlin, who obviously didn't commit suicide, but George Carlin did a very a sudden, very abrupt death that you know nobody saw it coming. It was very traumatic. And I'm not trying to diminish George Carlin or his work, but I mean, what we're like a week later, life has gone on. People aren't really thinking about it. It's just that's it. Just it's just it really is. It's a very pointless thing. So how can I help you, sir? That was so cool. Just saying, off on a tangent. Anyways, um, I was wanting to call talk to you about uh, something that we were talking about a little while ago. Well, not just you and I, but yeah. Anyways, I was the ready whip guy, but um, it's something called pink stuff. It's a recipe. Mm -hmm. So are you interested? Um, are we interested in a recipe? What are we, give us two of the ingredients. Uh, cool Whip and Strawberry Jello. Are those the only two ingredients? No. Okay. Sarah, do we want to hear more about this? Okay. Tim? Fine. All right, go ahead. Okay. And, by the way, this is really good and really bad at the same time. Uh -huh. It's primarily Cool Whip, just an entire, an entire thing of Cool Whip, uh, one package of Strawberry Jello, and one of those, uh, packs, like the frozen, uh, 
fruit uh, things that you can get from the store. You just dump all that together, just mix it up really, really well, and then put it in, like, the fridge or the freezer or whatever. And then you try desperately not to eat the whole thing in one sitting. I was just going to say, at what point am I ingesting one of the pot cookies that I keep hidden behind the regular cookies in the freezer in my dorm room while staring at a poster of Jim Morrison? This, <laughs> uh, this sounds like stoner food. <laughs> Actually, I think it is. My, uh, uh, yeah. My, uh-huh. my, my ex-wife introduced it to me. Uh, righteous. All right, so, thank you. You have a good day. All right, you too. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Uncaring America, a shocking and tragic death captured on surveillance video at a Brooklyn high school uh, hospital, rather, has prompted significant reforms, whatever that means. Esmond Green collapsed on June 19th in the psychiatric emergency room of Kings County Hospital. Several workers did nothing until it was too late. He was brought to the hospital June 18th suffering from psychosis and was left in the emergency room waiting for a bed. The next day, the woman was found unresponsive on the hospital floor. As a result of her death, the director of psychiatricy has been fired along with the director of security and the doctor who was on duty. Two nurses and the security guard also suspended for letting her just die on the floor in the waiting room. Wait, so they were just leaving her on the floor? Yeah, it's New York. <laughs> I suppose. Don't you? Sometimes don't you feel like, don't you have a fear that that's how you're going to go out? You're going to be the guy in the delivery, you know, like in the waiting room with like a gunshot wound in your stomach going, can I, hey, hello? Can I get some help? And they're going to be, well, I'll be with you in a moment. And it's like... Here's what I think well, about it. It happened to me once at, uh, at General Hospital in L.A. If you don't have insurance, you got to join that long, sneaky line waiting for treatment. Get in the welfare line. Uh, the um, Here's what I think about it. Here's how I, I, I have this fear. I have the fear, of course, when I have a heart attack, I have the fear that when my inevitable uh, cardiac arrest comes someday. Uh, hold on. Let me, uh, let me just ponder that for a moment. Okay. Uh, so... Just so I can try to come to grips with it. So someday when the inevitable cardiac arrest happens, I fear that I am going to be in a large city like New York. And then I'm going to be in an ambulance because for the life of me, I don't know how an ambulance gets anywhere in New York City. I think about that, too. I actually saw when I was watching the Sex and the City filming a fire truck trying to get down the street. And there's absolutely no way. There's no way. There's a median, then immediately the road, it's and then a sidewalk. It is absolute gridlock. Uh, so I, I think, you know what, I, the last time when I was in Vegas, we saw, uh, it wasn't an ambulance, I think it was a cop, but a cop was trying to get somewhere on the strip. And, uh, you know, and it's, I think about that all the time. If you're in Manhattan and you're in an ambulance, I think you are effed. I think if you're going to live in Manhattan, you, you really only have two choices, except the fact that you will die alone in your queen's apartment, or B, become wealthy enough that you can have a doctor on call who will come to you at your place. Uh, because you, you're getting nowhere in an emergency vehicle. At that least there do seem to be a lot of hospitals there. Yeah, I, well, I think there would have to be, though, because you just can't... Yeah, there's just no way to transport anybody anywhere. All right, here's Tim Riley. Well, it looks like nobody wants some culture club's frontman's plans for a North American tour has gone up in smoke because of pending charges in the U.K. We're talking about Boy George. Uh, much of, to the dismay of children of the 80s, the singer has canceled plans for his upcoming summer tour because... U.S. immigration officials won't let him into the country. And his statement said, I'm very sorry that I won't see all my American fans this year. I wish them all the happiness and the healthy 4th of July. I include the visa office and those good wishes who did a terrible job trying to let me into the country. So Wait, so so he was going to tour America, but he can't? No. Because why? Well, because he, didn't uh, he get in trouble for drugs here before? Uh, hasn't he gotten in trouble for drugs almost everywhere? Pretty much, but apparently they're not putting up with it this time. But that doesn't make any sense. How many people visa. are having a hard time getting into the country? Well, and and 
how is it that he got busted for drugs at some point? He can't come and he get the Rolling Stones tour here like every 18 months. Well, if you showed up looking like this at the, uh, oh, that ain't right. Should he be let in? No, he's scary looking. That's like a clown. You know what it is, that picture right there? That's like some sort of a clown Ralph Wiggum. Uh-huh. Look at this photo. Tell me it's not Ralph Wiggum as a clown. Let's see here. Let me go back here. That's exactly oh, what that... Oh, wow. That's Did you let I'm him saying. in? No. 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 That, no, that's that's creepy. All right. He's he's planning on causing some problems. Hey, have you seen this new uh, this new Why So Serious poster? No. No, Aaron sent it to me. I'm just uh, it's loading now. I'm looking at it right now. It's pretty righteous. Here's Tim Riley. Dateline, Florida. Wait, Dateline where? Florida. Yeah. Damn it, damn it, damn it. You got a two, Rick. Whatever. A 46-year-old man has been arrested after he threw a three-pound pack of Polish sausages at his mother, striking her in the head. Uh, Gregory Allen Prager is charged with battery after the incident on Hunter's Creek. His mother told police that her son was drinking and they got into an argument. Prager picked up a pack of sausages, threw it at her, grazing the back of her head. When police asked Prager what happened, he asked officers if they want him to lie. Then he admitted, yes, he threw the sausages and hit mother in the head. Sanford, Florida. Police in a crime-ridden central Florida neighborhood are uh, aiming at themselves with shotguns. And they're also talking about adding electric barbed wire to stop thieves from getting into their homes. Someone's going to end up getting hurt, said resident Andrea Pine. The homeowners are tense. We're on the edge. For the first time of my life, I'm scared to live in my Florida home. <laughs> For the first time. Uh, they said crime is so bad in Florida that some people have been robbed at least three times. Uh, people just keep coming back over and over again. <laughs> Uh, one lady is one of several residents who has armed herself and plans to go to extremes to protect her property. The next thing I'm going to do is put electric and probably some barbed wire up or something. I'm shooting the next person who comes in. Don't come to, don't come to my property anymore. <laughs> that ought to be the sign instead of like, you know, the, like uh, the neighborhood watch or, you know, whatever. There ought to be like, I will shoot the next bastard that comes into my house. Uh, from, also from Florida, two teens, including two 15-year-old okay, girls. Fine. What? Three teens, including two 15-year-old girls, have been arrested after they ordered pizza delivered to a vacant house and then robbed the driver. Hmm. The three teens are charged with armed robbery, burglary, and theft. All three have been taken to a detention center. It happened after Papa John's delivery man pulled up to a home and was immediately confronted by four teens, some with T-shirts covering their heads. That should have been the time to get back into the pizza truck and go away. They demanded all his money. The driver skipper managed to call police to use a... Uh, police dog to track them down and found empty pizza boxes at a house. So they arrested these kids, including three girls. God, children are just bastards. They really, especially <laughs> Florida ones. They really no, are. Like, that's no, I don't want to like have to love something like that. No, it's, that's we were just talking about. Um, I about, love something so hateful. <laughs> exactly. Exactly like that unconditionally, like hey mom, I'm gonna go you know rob a pizza guy. See, yeah. but when you know, you, but you always hit the jewel. It's it's unconditional love. Fault. But I mean, do you? But do you suppose it really say it's unconditional? Do you suppose love? it really is unconditional? Do you suppose when your kid just like. Let me ask you this. Are you just, if you had kids, and none of us uh, are going to have kids, but, I mean, if you did, are you just afraid that the kid would just turn out to be such a huge embarrassment and you would just have to disown it? Mm -hmm. because, you're, because your only other choice is to be like, well, you know, the father still loves you, you know, and then you're just, because that, your only choice is either, if your kid just turns out to be a cretin, you either have to just say, like, look, you're no son of mine, and you just kick it to the curb, or... 
end up being that idiot parent uh, that is there at, you know, at the trial of your kid who's going to jail for robbing the pizza guy. Oh, and then you're the, you know, and then you're like the trashy mom or dad that's there like, well, he was such a good boy, you know, and whatever. Do you ever so, get nervous for when, when your friends have kids? Like, oh, I'm yeah. so grateful oh, God. That, no, that Lisa and Jay had such a, a cute little kid. Because if they didn't, I don't even know. And then, because otherwise you'd have to lie. Totally. Yeah. Like, oh, I, just, I tell her all the time, like, thank God you had a cute baby. I'm oh, like, I don't know what I would have done. He seems very well behaved. Mm -hmm. And, you know, meanwhile, the kid is like setting fire to something in the backyard. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't think I would be an abusive parent, but I think I would be a terrible parent. And as I told you earlier, because I would never be able to tolerate a kid that treated me the way I treated my parents. I mean, the way I treated my mom, if I, if I had a kid that was like that, I mean, one dead kid, I think. So because I was a I was, terrible child. I was a bastard, too. And I, I respect people who can, like, raise children because I would never be able yeah. to do it. No. Ever. Nope. No. 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 Here's Tim uh, Riley. No. The Saudi king urges you, get used to high oil prices. King Abdullah of Saudi Arabia, whose nation is the world's number one oil exporter, called on you today to get used to higher prices. Consumer countries have to adopt to the prices and the mechanisms of the markets of the king. We have nothing to do with the current sharp increase in crude prices. No, they're too busy plotting terrorist attacks. Yeah, uh, these countries must reduce their taxes on fuel. If you want to contribute to easing the burden on ordinary consumers, just get used to it. Oh, seriously, just one just one big nuclear flash in that country ceases to be a problem. One, one M80 up his britches. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, just, I mean, we could solve we could solve all of our problems with that country in just ten minutes. I mean, really, somebody just has somebody just needs to do uh, what is called for. Mm -hmm. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, so, uh, get ready for a new, uh, television program coming up soon. It's ABC's wild competition, I Survived a Japanese Game Show. On tonight's all-new episode, I'm sure you're not going to miss this, each contestant has to deliver as many packages as possible to two mail slots in the allocated time while fighting against the powerful wind. Wait, so, but is this, I don't understand. Did is you this... ever watch those old Japanese shows, like, super extreme... What is the one where the guy's in a conveyor belt and has to fit himself through a weirdly shaped hole? Yeah, no, they have to jump from, like, different sized yeah. like, balls and things. But, I mean, is this just those shows brought over with new production values, like actual Japanese shows, or is it an American recreation? I believe these are American recreations. Oh, you know, but, but, but see, I, it seems like they ought to just bring the regular Japanese game shows over. Okay. And then if you need to make them for Americans, have like an American voiceover or narration. They just started, actually, a show called Wipeout. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's that same thing where it's the Americanized version. I guess it's just hilarious. And yeah. the people have to try and jump uh, on these, like, huge balls. And they have to try and jump from, like, one ball to another. Yeah, no, the, the Japanese game shows are crazy. Oh, I mean, there's, they're there's, there's, some, there's, there's something really lunatic about those. I mean, all we have is that Hurl uh, show. I remember watching whatever that show is where if the guy is, he's on a huge conveyor belt. And as he's on a conveyor belt, you know, and he's on the edge of a conveyor belt, and there's, like, a tank or something he'll fall into if, if he gets knocked off the conveyor belt. And as he's on the conveyor belt, just these huge walls are coming toward him. And the and each wall has a strangely shaped uh, hole cut in it. And he's got to fit himself through that hole before the wall pushes him off the edge of the conveyor belt into the water. Uh, and so each and, – and, and they get smaller and smaller and weirder and weirder shaped until eventually he tries to fit himself through a hole and he can't, and he just gets broomed right off the end into the water. I mean, it's so deeply satisfying to watch. Here's Tim Riley. The host of this new program, Tony Sano, says the game shows in Japan are just different than what Americans usually see. There's a level of physicality that doesn't exist in most of our shows uh, over here. You know, we're, we're used to, you know, trivia or 
something like that. Whereas these guys get get down and dirty, you know, and they uh, they have a lot of fun. The challenges on this program vary. Sometimes, you know, it's more about uh, speed or quickness, but sometimes it's about not getting really dizzy when they spin you around in a little teacup type of thing. Or, you know, sometimes it's just about how well you jump on a trampoline and, and, and hit a target on a wall. So apparently, unsuspected Americans, uh, many of whom have never left the U.S., go to Tokyo to compete in the Ultimate Japanese Game Show. The final winner will take home $250,000. Wait, so this is so these are... Wait, so these are Americans who've gone to Japan? I guess so. They get to go to Japan. Is it like that SNL sketch? What is it? Have you seen that SNL sketch where Chris Farley is on a Japanese game show, and he doesn't really know what it's about, and so like he gets a question wrong, and so then like they hook up his junk to a car battery, and then like he misses the next question, and like they set him on fire. Uh, oh wait, here's somebody who knows. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, I actually watched the uh, the first episode. Uh, ashamedly, I did. Um, but it's it's horrible. It, yeah, these guys uh, go. They they end up going to. They're supposed to be going on a tour mm-hmm. of the studio, and so they go into this dark room. All of a sudden, it goes lights. They're on the. Uh, they're in the sound stage. There's all this crowd in front of them cheering and everything. It's it's total cliche uh, Japanese game show. The crowd is just crazy. And, and so uh, been, so these are Americans that sort of have it sprung on them. It's it's kind of embarrassing and makes you very embarrassed to be American because they're it's like they're making fun of all this uh, this group of sixteen Americans. Excellent. Trying to do these uh, these game shows, which is just I like to be I like to see people shamed. Uh, okay, so we have a, this is uh, Susan says it's an American show where ten contestants think they're going to L.A. to compete in a reality show, but instead they are taken to Japan. <laughs> <laughs> that is so great. <laughs> Why L.A. seems to be very Asian, um, where they are competing on a Japanese game show. They have no idea where they were going, and each week one person is eliminated until the one who is left wins two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's fantastic. Okay, that is a great idea. Seriously, the idea that you think you're, you're getting off at LAX, you just get out of here in Japan. It's a long flight to LAX. That is wonderful. This movie seems to be pretty lengthy. All right, great. And but you, So you give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down, sir? Uh, yeah, I want to see more of it before. The first one was kind of kind of stupid. The host is very outlandish. I, I prefer uh, G4's Ninja Warrior myself. That's a, that's a good good Japanese game show. Is the host of this uh, is the host of the show Asian or is he American? He is he is Asian. He's Japanese. Well, the the it's it's set it's supposed to be filmed. I guess it's it's double produced where they're actually on a Japanese game show hosted by a Japanese man and then sub hosted by an American who does the wrap around or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Does he? Please tell me. Does the Japanese host does he scream at them at some point? Yeah. Oh, he screams and there's the. There's the uh, stupid, serious uh, Japanese uh, judge who who has to look and make sure they're doing everything right. And it, it's okay. I'll watch it again tonight to right. see exactly excellent what I'm not missing. All right, thank you, sir. Huh? That's fantastic. Sounds like he was doing data entry or something in the background. All right, he's a nine one one operator. Here's Tim Riley. North Dakota bar owners are looking east for ideas on coping with a new smoking ban that goes into effect today in Fargo and West Fargo. Tony Carvera, who owns Mix, says uh, the ban has forces uh, business to make a number of changes. You gotta cut um, beer sales, um, supplies, uh, employees. Uh, we're closed on Sundays now through the summer, which has never been happened before. Yes, his sales are down 40%, all because. People can't smoke anymore.
Preliminary results of the nation's uh, first required physical fitness assessments are called sobering. Apparently, in the worst shape are Texas kids. Texas Senator Jane Nelson says kids lead us uh, well, a lazy lifestyle. They watch too much TV. They play too many video games. They spend too much time on the computer. And she says that uh, Texas children's health is in jeopardy. Texas cannot allow an entire generation of Texans to grow up and live a shorter life than previous generations. But it will happen unless we get back to the basics of basic health in our schools, and that's physical education, good nutrition, promoting fitness. According to this blurry video from the Dharma Initiative. Yes. All right. Uh, Rick, the sad thing about ABC's Wipeout versus the U.S. versions of Japanese game shows is that the Americans wear helmets, gloves, knee pads, elbow guards, mouth guards, and safety ropes, while the Japanese contestants wear garbage band suits, chef hats, and bikinis. <laughs> Radiation. All right, here's Tim Riley. That is kind of strange, isn't it? Yes, it is. Well, tickets for the next uh, film in the Batman franchise are already selling out. The movie ticket website Fandango.com reports that as of this morning, sales of seats of showings of The Dark Knight, which went on sale June 20th, are already outpacing Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Oh, yeah, that Skull, doesn't surprise me at all. The I... Iron Man, Sex in the City, too. It's going to be the big, biggest movie of the year. I mean, it'll be the biggest movie of the year. I would say probably the three films this year in terms of uh, total gross, Dark Knight, Wally, Iron Man. I would say that's how it shakes out. Maybe maybe Crystal Skull like a distant fourth. But I'd say those are going to be your top three. By the way, uh, was it Aaron that just sent us this? Who just sent us this photo? Uh, Aaron did. This uh, of the new Dark Knight right poster. Yeah. Boy, you know, at some point, I just want to get a collection of all the Dark Knight posters that have been put out. Uh, this is pretty righteous. It's the new Why So Serious poster. and it's So like there's a... still tickets available for to see the Dark Knight with us, right? I don't know. I, I actually don't know. Um, I'm not entirely sure about that. If you go to 970.am, although I think we may have to rejigger the link a little bit because I think it's been, I think it elapses. I think Fandango, they don't like direct link through. I think they, they want to make you jump through hoops. So I think that the link we put up has to be sort of, I think we have to verify that it's a good again because I think every couple of days they change their linking system. Um, anyway, that being said, uh, you go to 970.am, scroll down to the As Heard on the Rick Emerson Show section, you'll see the, the Why So Serious poster. You can buy tickets to see The Dark Knight. It is Thursday night at midnight, so, you know, Thursday night, Friday morning, 12.01 Friday, basically, uh, on July 17th, 18th. Um, we will be there at the Tigard uh, Regal, Regal Cinemas in Tigard. Uh, we'll all be there. We'll have Dark Knight giveaways. I saw some Dark Knight swag upstairs that we're going to be giving away and everything, and it's uh, it's going to be a big cultural event. So uh, so you want to be there? I'm so excited. This is this feels like uh, Jurassic Park for another generation. No, it's it's really cool. I would say that I'm I would say I'm probably more excited. I'm trying to remember the last time I was really sort of this amped up for a film, because uh, I really wasn't for Crystal Skull, and I was for Sex in the City. Yeah, and I wasn't that excited for Superman because I kind of feared that it would suck. Um, and it did. And it did. It, <laughs> it didn't disappoint. It was terrible. Um, maybe Sith. Maybe Revenge of the Sith because we heard that Lucas finally pulled out of the tailspin. So maybe maybe Revenge of the Sith. So, well, in any event. Uh, so, yeah, you can go to uh, 970.am. Get your tickets because uh, we will be there two weeks from this Thursday for the Portland premiere of The Dark Knight. Yes. For is the that, Dark Knight. Is that my cue? Here's Tim Riley. Here's your Geek Watch for uh, Tuesday. 
Ugh, this high-speed modem is intolerably slow. In the Queen Star Dilemma, remember you used to... Just a television show. That's all, okay? <laughs> right, but... Because we were wondering if the quantum flux... Now, just listen on there. There is no quantum flux. There's no auxiliary. There's no goddamn shit. You got it? Energize. Well, Microsoft stopped selling its Windows XP operating system to retailers and major computer makers yesterday, despite protests from a slice of PC users who don't want to be forced into using the successor Vista. The sl- a slice, like a, like the overwhelming majority. I mean, that is one of the. I mean, Microsoft just has this thing where they just get they absolutely flat out, full on, screamingly disregard what their customers want. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. The, the, what, what goes on at that company sometimes, where there's no one on earth that prefers Vista to XP, and just Microsoft has just sort of decided that they're going to ignore everybody's complaints. Oh, what can you do? Uh, once computers loaded with XP have been cleared from the inventory of PC makers such as Dell and Hewlett Packard, consumers who can't live without the old operating system on their new machine will have to buy Vista Ultimate or Vista Business and then legally downgrade to XP. Well, you know that it's just a matter of time before they put Vista on all of our machines. You just know that that's, you know that's coming. Not because CBS wants to, but is it because Microsoft is going to stop supporting XP. So it is, just a, it is just a matter of time until we find, come in here and find some weird, cumbersome operating system that doesn't work properly. Last week, Microsoft said it would provide full technical support for six-year-old Windows XP through 2009 and limited support through 2014. All right, there's your uh, Geek Watch for Tuesday uh, on the Rick Emerson radio program. My grab star so uh, one more here, and then we will take a break. I shall avenge you. Next. Oh, loneliness and cheeseburgers are a dangerous mix. A convenience store became an unwilling drive-in when a 74-year-old woman plowed her car through the front windows and said... Did yes. you blame a stuck gas uh, stuck gas pedal? No, this is done purposely. All right. And then tried to buy a six-pack of Budweiser. Lynn Rice of Norwalk, California, drove her 88 Cadillac into Joe's Food Mart and Video Store. The car plowed about halfway through the store, but nobody was injured. Rice got out of the car, walked over to the cooler, pulled out a six-pack of Bud, and uh, said the store owner, who only gave his last name, was Awada. Uh, she said, uh, well, she wants to buy beer. I don't know how she managed to walk away, said the cashier. Rice was taken to a hospital for examination because she had a pre-existing medical condition. She's also been arrested for misdemeanor driving under the influence and released on $15,000 bail. And uh, apparently the crash destroyed a six-foot-wide glass panel damages about only $8,000. By the way, don't forget the 2008 Safeway Waterfront Blues Festival and fireworks display just around the corner happening July 4th. Uh, Fireworks begin at 10.05 p.m. after the evening's final performance and the national anthem. A donation of $10.00. And two cans of non-perishable food uh, gets you in. That happens at the park, of course. Kink.fm and Hoffman Construction Fireworks Show presented by Portland Parks and Recreation this July 4th. Don't miss it. All right, let's uh, take a break here. We'll come back after this. Uh, we'll talk to Richie Bristol. We'll have the top five and more on the way. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Stay right there. This email says, Rick, Bluetooth is so easy. 
Turn on the Bluetooth receiver in the phone, then turn on the Bluetooth, and the first time you use it, follow the instructions included, including using a special code so the earpiece only works with your phone. To answer the phone, press once. To hang up, press again. To dial the last number called, press twice, or your phone will support voice dialing by pressing the button twice and speaking in the name of the person you want to call. That sounds way too complicated. I just want to turn it. I want, to, I want one button that says on and one that says off. And I don't want to have to do anything I else. Like you want that jitterbug phone. Here's the one the, with the big numbers? Exactly. I don't use email. Um, <laughs> that woman has become... You know what that is? That's the new... Um, I've fallen and can't get up. <laughs> well, that or... Um, what was that spot we used to play to intercom? Where, uh, nothing! You don't know what I'm talking about? There was some spot. Wasn't it a campaign ad? I wiped everything from intercom out of my head. <laughs> I can't, Tim. I wish oh, yeah, I it was could. some local, like, uh, like farming tax or something. It was like some, yeah, some, some initiative, and the, the, but the spot had an old woman saying, and now they've given me nothing! Uh, and we had this discussion for a while about whether it was Daria who'd been shoved into service voicing an old woman in a spot. So, uh. All I remember about that place having to eat lunch on the windowsill. Because there's no other place to eat. I remember the, uh, I remember the woman who runs the sandwich cart near there. Oh, those sandwiches what was her are name? so good. I forget her name. I have no idea. Uh, those but, chicken bento bowls, too. That's what I'm that saying. That Kyle would go and get for me. Uh, lunch at Intercom was, uh, Intercom lunch was good. <laughs> that's why I was long gone by Intercom lunch <laughs> I was in there at 5 o'clock speaking to no one. Uh, that's true. Yeah, by 10.30, you were out of there. You yeah. were home, probably. Probably. Yeah. Good times. Getting anyway. prepared to wake up another morning at 2.30 in the morning for no one. <laughs> Most phones, when you answer the phone, give you the option using one of the programmed buttons near the number pad to turn on or off the Bluetooth if you can't find the headset or if you simply turn off the receiver in the phone. Right. Here's the thing. Uh, See, if it's Thomas, taking that long to explain it. Seriously, I, that's, I don't mean to sound like a jerk, so please spare me a follow-up email where you say that I'm being an ass about it. No, Here's Thomas a, is great. We've met him. Thomas is super he, guy. No, but he's way smarter than I am, and so he sends me these emails that are informative but ever so slightly condescending because I'm not like like bright enough to grasp the point that he's making to me about certain things. So, which I understand is like a deficiency with my brain, but I guess here's the thing: is I am an early adopter with most technologies, but in terms of the Bluetooth thing, I just want someone to wake me when they have advanced the technology to the point where I can hit you know hit the button on the headset and it answers the phone on the headset. When I hit the off button on the headset, the phone reverts to working normally. It should be that simple. There's no, like, it, here's my other thing is I don't understand why it doesn't seem like it needs to be this complex. Maybe it should be called the boob tooth. <laughs> what just happened? There's something with those two words together that makes me really <laughs> The boob tooth. I don't even know what a boob tooth would be. It sounds like something Richie would be involved in. in Bo off hour. <laughs> boob tooth sounds like some sort of dental ailment where your teeth get all spongy. I'm sorry, I've got a bad case of boob tooth. <laughs> your teeth are unusually supple, uh, yet firm. All right. Well, uh, boob tooth. Uh, all right, in just a moment, we'll <laughs> So, I'm, I'm 
trying to make it up to you by because I did nothing yesterday. <laughs> so I bring down the program every time no. I open my mouth. No, yesterday was amusing, Tim. It really was. I was so. too. All right. Uh, well, let's do this. Let's do a, 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 a Bluetooth Insta poll right now. Then we'll roll into the news segment. Then we'll talk to Richie about whores. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Did you turn the heat up in here? It's really hot. I didn't touch nothing. Uh, I have not Even adjusted if I turn it down a little bit? No, go ahead. That's oh. fine. I have, I have no problem. All right. So how should we phrase this? Uh, is Bluetooth confusing? Yes, no? Yes. yes. All right. <laughs> but, I mean, are you saying yes, it's confusing, or that's how we should phrase the question? Yes, Both. yes. All right, okay. Uh, it is now Instapol time. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. It, the question is, do you find Bluetooth confusing and or difficult to use? It is a 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Do you, yes, you, find Bluetooth difficult and or confusing uh, to use? Uh, we'll take this one call here before we begin the Instapol. Hello, hi. Uh, you have a DeGausser comment. I do. It's Mel Matt. Yes. Good morning. What's good up, evening. sir? Good afternoon, everybody. Whatever um, it might yeah. be where you are. Whatever it might be. So, Rick, uh, what video game, uh, computer video game, featured as a gosser as one of the props in it uh, circa 1995, 94? It's a gosser in a yeah. video game. PC or, or PC arcade or other? Uh, PC, Mac, both. Starship Titanic? Possibly. I know that Leisure Suit Larry featured that. Leisure Suit Larry. Uh, uh, well, you know, I was a, a young lad back then. And one other thing. Um, yes. The, the delay signal, if Sarah, you could get Sarah to feed the delay signal back into the board, run it out over the air, and you can actually carry on a conversation with yourself in the past. Can I tell you, Lycus did the most genius bit a few weeks ago where a guy had his radio up really, really loud in the background, and right. Lycus kept saying, turn your radio down, and the guy's like, why? And Lycus is trying to explain that it gets distracting if you're trying to listen to yourself post-delay while talking. Anyway, but he somehow, Lycus somehow did something where... He had, I think, a listener actually just flat out hold his radio up to the telephone. And then Lycus kept talking, and it just kept, like, layering on and on itself and on itself until eventually there was, like, five different Lycus conversations, all the same conversation at different points in time happening. I mean, it was just it was brilliant but surreal and kind of freaky to listen to. It totally messes with your head. And one more yeah. thing. Yes. The, go the gosser. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. Uh, it is uh, Instapol time. It's 503-733-2970. Do you find Bluetooth hard to use and or confusing? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Yeah, it's confusing. Plus, it makes you look like a tool. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, hello. Hi, Rick Emerson Show, Instapol. Do you find Bluetooth confusing and or difficult to use? I find it confusing and difficult to use and don't use it, therefore. All right. Thank you. All right, it's 503-733-2970. I feel good about these results. Do you find Bluetooth confusing and or difficult to use? Uh, three for three. It's difficult and hard to use. And one more thing. Wait, under... What? <laughs> and one more thing. I don't know. I didn't catch anything he's... Difficult and hard to use. Oh, it's all pops and buzzes. All right. Uh, it's the Instapol. Uh, do you find Bluetooth difficult and hard to use? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. It is difficult and hard to use. Difficult and hard to use. There. I want to point out, by the way... Uh, we are now at 100% in the camp of Sarah and myself. So there you go. It's 503-733-2970. Do you find Bluetooth confusing and or difficult to use? 
Hello, no hi. and no, Rick, I do not. <laughs> listen to that. And listen, and rather snarkily so, I might add. Well, considering I sent you like two messages today already about it, you're just talking about my last one. Oh, is this uh, Thomas? It is. I'm just saying, look, here's the thing. I understand that you are much smarter than I am and that your technical knowledge outstrips my own, but I have to say that I'm pretty solidly in the majority on this one so far. I'm not even that much smarter than you. It's just I've got a, I had a really crappy phone that had a very easy thing that said Bluetooth off, big button. I just hit it, turn it off. Yeah, but I mean, but when you hit, like, is there just one big on-off button on your, on your, on the actual headset? On the actual headset, I got one button. I can turn it up. I can push it up and down to turn up and down the volume. I hold it to turn it on, hold it to turn it off, tap it once to answer the phone, tap it again, turn it off. If I answer my phone with the phone, it works on the phone. If I answer the phone with the Bluetooth, it goes through the Bluetooth. So, it's that simple. I sound very confusing. Mine no, doesn't seem that easy at all. I have like a huge Bluetooth section here. It's like paired devices, my visibility, my Bluetooth name, my Bluetooth info. I have no idea what that means. No, I just wanted to, you know what it is? It just needs to be like two different phones in the same house that have the same number. And either one you pick up, it just works. And it ought to just come with the phone. Well, and, mo well, and most of that stuff, Sarah, is, is so that you can... Pair your phone with other phones or with a computer, so your uh -huh. computer can tell what phone you're talking to, and it's got to talk to more than one phone. I know. I saw these lost me. All right. Thank you, my friend. You're All right. Welcome. I'm not very bright. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Do you find... Uh, just nod and smile. Uh, do you find Bluetooth confusing and or difficult to use? Uh, yes, I do. Rick. All right. Thank you, my friend. And, no, I was just going to say, but I am in the state of Washington right now. Uh-huh. I'm talking without a Bluetooth headset. And I'm hiding behind my steering wheel. Good for you. Stick yeah. it to the man. All right. Uh, we'll do one more. We'll do one more back here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Do you find Bluetooth confusing and or difficult to use? Is this me? Yes, it is. I find my radio difficult and hard to use, too. Oh, wait, hold on. So now we're going to be, now we're going to be hearing this. And this is the guy who is talking to us, holding up the radio. Now, in just a moment, I will be completely and totally stealing this Tom Likas bit, in which I am hearing my own voice on the radio, coming back over the phone to me, after which it begins to go back out over the air. And then I will begin layering upon myself. And I will start to hear my own voice repeated back to me. This is less interesting than I thought it would be. Now I don't even know how Lycus did it. Lycus has sounded much better than this. All right. Well, sorry about that. All right. Uh, sorry, Tim. Right. Two more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Do you find Bluetooth confusing and or difficult to use? Yes, and yes, but I also can program a VCR. Or use my microwave. All right, thank you. <laughs> Hi, uh, final call. Do you find Bluetooth confusing and or difficult to use? Not as difficult as Chad and Beaverton. No. <laughs> All right, thank you. There you go. And uh, we'll call that good. So uh, the votes, by the way, oh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, seven, eight. Uh, so, by the way, that's like a 79% agreeing with Sarah and myself. So uh, I'm just saying... I'm not saying that there aren't folks who can understand Bluetooth. I'm just saying the majority of us cannot, and we're going to wait for something easier to come along. Don't you agree? Here's what needs to happen. Let me just bottom line this right now. Then we'll do the news, and we'll talk to, uh, to Richie. Um, don't you just think that here's what needs to happen with Bluetooth. When you buy a phone, they just need to tack on 20 bucks or whatever to the cost of your phone, and it just comes with the Bluetooth thing, just like your phone used to come with a little thing that plugged into your ear that had a wire. Uh-huh. Uh, 
And all that needs to happen is it just needs to already be connected to that phone. It, it, you, don't, you shouldn't have to work to pair it, to match it, to have them sync up. When you buy the phone, it ought to just come with a wireless headset. And you know what? Take it out of the box from the minute you turn it on. When the phone rings, it should just ring in both places at once. And you can answer it on either, you know, on the phone or the headset. That's it. That's all the work you should have to do. Because I think the problem with Bluetooth is they're giving it more functionality than you need. I don't need to pair my Bluetooth to a computer for any reason. So it just needs to work. They need to strip away some of the functions. It's become like Microsoft Word, where it's just like bloated with all kinds of options that no one ever uses. God, Microsoft Word just sucks. It sucks. You know why? Because it, it needs to do one thing and do it well, and instead they try to have it do 500 things, and it does all of them poorly. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, here I am. Guess what? You're not going to believe I'm reading this in my America or yours. Starbucks is closing 600 stores. You lie! Starbucks has announced it's closing 600 underperforming stores. How is that possible? I, I don't know. Now, I, oh, I want to get that Taylor Clark guy on who wrote Starbucks. There are there there two under construction in my neighborhood alone because we can't go within a half block without stopping at Starbucks. It's true. You know what? I went to a Starbucks yesterday, as a matter of fact, despite my complaints uh, that I don't like their coffee. Uh, I went to Starbucks yesterday because it was the only place I could find that was open. So anyway... They expect to open fewer than 200 new company-operated stores in the U.S. in fiscal 2009. They're going to try to place workers from closed stores in remaining Starbucks. Now, we don't have a list of these. We don't know how many it affects in the Portland metro area, but you can bet it's going to be at least one or two. So 600 stores in the U.S. alone. We're not talking about the world because Starbucks is all over the world. Starbucks is closing 600 underperforming stores in the U.S. Well, it's interesting that, that they're finally... I mean, it's it's weird. Everybody sort of wondered where the tipping point was going to come with them. This is it. Because they just open stores and open stores and open stores. And just I mean, for the fun of it. And it's well, it's just to be just to amuse themselves. Yeah. And it's interesting because if you read that Starbucks book, which really is quite fantastic, um, he opens the book by actually talking about Portland and noting that at the mall downtown, uh, the Pioneer Courthouse Mall or whatever the hell that thing is called downtown, I always forget, um, that there are actually two Starbucks within 50 feet of each other. I mean, and he knows, like, what other business could pop... Like, you couldn't put two McDonald's across the street from each other, so... So they're going to eliminate 12,000 full and part-time positions as a result of this. Mm. Oh, that's unfortunate. Well, it is. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, Jesus. Well, I mean, it had to happen, though, right? There are currently 16,000 Starbucks worldwide, so that's only six... What, 600? That's not very many. No, but I mean... We look it's, at the big picture. But I but I think it's, it's very symbolic, though, because I don't think... I, I think... He actually, at the end of Starbucks, I think he actually notes that with the exception of the Starbucks, I think in like, and what do you hear? It was like in Israel or something. That like the Starbucks failed. I think he noted at the end of Starbucks that like that Starbucks never goes out of business. That you never see one close. You never see one sort of boarded up. I mean, even McDonald's, you'll see a McDonald's location every so often go out of business. But he notes that, well, you never see that with Starbucks. Starbucks never fails. And so this is sort of interesting that not one but 600 of them are all closing. 600! Wow. All right. There we have the story of the giraffe that helped camels, zebras, and other animals escape from a circus. Amsterdam police say 15 camels, two zebras, and an undetermined amount of llamas and pot-bellied pigs. Escape from a traveling Dutch circus after a giraffe knocked a hole in their cage. The animals wandered in a group throughout a big neighborhood for several hours. The animals are back at the circus after being rounded up by police and circus workers with the assistance of dogs. Some of the neighbors fed the animals, which they said is a bad idea because that means they're going to come back. 
a message from Madonna. A spokeswoman for Madonna, her longtime rep Liz Rosenberg, has finally released a statement denying reports that her marriage to the guy Richie is heading for divorce. Mm-hmm. Her publicist uh, would not have released the statement without Madonna's permission, so this is clearly a message. It reads, Madonna's husband Guy arrived in New York last night to be with his wife and family. There were no plans for Madonna and Guy to divorce. <laughs> <laughs> is that from, like, the PR bot? Yes, it is. from the spokes bot had this to say. Well, do you have this thing about um, uh, about Madonna um, allegedly uh, receiving late-night visits from Alex Rodriguez? Yes, I did. Apparently, I had another story on that. They share the same agent, mm-hmm. according to that agent, and that's why she's there. Then we have another Madonna story. I hope she's not going off the deep end. The childhood home of Madonna has been heavily damaged by fire. The fire at the house in Rochester Hills near Detroit where the singer grew up is being treated as suspicious. It could have been caused by arson. The blaze took place uh, in the living room of the two-story home. The current owners are not home at the time of the fire. Nobody was injured. Wait, so, but okay, but I'm reading this Madonna story from Us Magazine. So, it, it says here, Madonna has been in New York City since the venerable Times of London. And this is not like the Sun. I mean, the Times is a real newspaper confirmed that she consulted the same divorce attorney who worked with Paul McCartney and Prince Charles. Meanwhile, Us Weekly confirms that Guy Ritchie has sought legal advice from Forster's law firm in London. Somebody's lying. Well, it's the PR person, clearly. I mean, that's the, the PR thing. person always lies. I mean, rumors that's are always true. Well, and Us Weekly wouldn't be reporting it because they could get sued. Like, Madonna yeah. would sue. Yeah, yeah I mean, be, true. And because, Madonna. And because, that is a, because that's a checkable fact. It's not like saying some people say or sources. I mean, they're just saying flat out. Like, she re- she talked to a divorce lawyer. Uh, so, I mean, they would not just say it as an indisputable fact. So, meanwhile, no one's ever going to sue the PR person for lying. That's how you know. They're, the PR people are always the weak link in the truth chain, right? Because if the, if the National Enquirer lies, they'll get sued. The, the Us Weekly lies, they'll get sued. Who's going to possibly, who's going to sue, like, the, the spokesperson for making something up? No one. So that's, I mean, they have, the, the PR people are always lying because there's no consequences to it. Like, they could just make crap up all day long. I think I'm going to start sending out totally uh, fabricated press releases about myself because nobody's ever going to sue you for it. I mean, what does you it matter? You could be entertainer of the year in Idaho, too, for all you care. I'm sick. I can, 10 I can, years in a row. He had nine years running. Yeah, exactly. As of now. There are no challenges. <laughs> the undisputed entertainer of the year, Tim. All right. A Las Vegas attraction based on the Star Trek franchise won't live or prosper much longer. <laughs> Officials with the Las Vegas Hilton have confirmed Star Trek The Experience will wrap up its 11-year run September 1st. Oh, now wait. Who's going to get a chance to go there? Who's going to Vegas? Damn, you are, right? Yeah, but that's ago. after September 1st. I'm not going to oh, you guys, we were just talking. You're not going to get to see Quark's Bar. Oh, man. Oh, it's righteous, too, and it's been there for over a decade. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, the Star Trek experience at the Hilton is really cool. It's sort of immersive and interactive, but not in, like, a nerd way. Yeah. It's drawn millions of Trekkies from around the world. There's no word on what would uh, replace this. Uh, That's too bad. But a spokeswoman says he and his staff, quote, share the memories of time spent in the most unique places in the galaxy, and we carry those memories with us forever. So will it be going somewhere else? Can they? No, I think it sounds like it's just closing. Hmm. I'm just going to replace it with something else. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Um, Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hi, uh, Slow Bar used to be a Starbucks. It was one of the first that ever closed. Really? Is that true? No, yes. Of course it's true. That's why I'm <laughs> I say passively <laughs> accusing you of lying. <laughs> no, I'm a liar. Uh, and the other thing, in between the recap 
and the start, yeah. you should try the melting phone from uh, uh, Failsafe. Oh, Failsafe melting phone. All right, good reference, sir. Well done. All right, well, Thank we'll you. work on it. I'll try to find some sort of transitional noise that works for everybody. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. All right. Uh, let's do this. Let's do a couple more, and we'll break. We'll get on time. Richie will come in and discuss his upcoming horror trip, uh, and then uh, we'll do the top five uh, album-closing songs of all time a little bit later. Uh, Suburban Chicago man has been charged with possessing an illegal toxin found in pufferfish. Puffer. Mm-hmm. Eric Bachner was charged with Bachner. one kind of illegal uh, possession of this uh, this pufferfish toxin. He's being held in federal custody. Apparently, this is big stuff. He allegedly claimed he was a doctor. Doctor. When he ordered uh, 98 kilograms of the toxin from a New Jersey chemical company. An employer of the company became suspicious due to the large amount ordered and alerted the FBI. It was arrested after he allegedly tried to get this from a member of the FBI. Member. <laughs> and he faces 10 years in prison if convicted. It's not clear. Not clear. No. <laughs> damn it, damn it. Damn it, why did you sucker me in like that? Damn you, Tim Riley, you black soul. Uh, this uh, pufferfish is called a fugo in Japan. It is consumed for thrill-seeking gourmets once the poison is removed. Eating it causes paralysis, vomiting, heart failure, and death. Why not get some for the kids on the way home today? Okay. Hey, who wants to hear this douchebag phone message? I oh, do. me. All right. Uh, so this has sort of been making the rounds on the Internet, and it is by all accounts uh, a real message. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, if you've seen Magnolia, I'll guarantee you uh, that this is one of those guys who takes, like, that course on, like, how to tame the blank one of those Tom Cruise dudes from Magnolia. Uh, this is, I will guarantee you. Tom Cruise was really good in that movie. He really was. I will guarantee you that this is a guy who's taken one of those seminars about tips that he thinks will help uh, him pick up the ladies. And I'm all, I'm further, by the way, I'm further believing that this guy himself is somehow responsible for the voicemail being put on the Internet because he wants us all to hear uh, what a player he is. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you a voice message left for a woman named Olga by a guy named Dimitri. It's in two parts. Here is part the first. Oh, wait, that's me. Uh, here we go, and... Yeah, hi there, all good, Dimitri. Sorry I had to leave such a rushed message with you uh, when we uh, met the other day. I just want to quickly give you your, uh, my phone number, and I had to get the heck out of the area. In any event, I figure I'd better leave you a more detailed message um, and explain why I approached you. I am single. I have no trouble meeting women. I mean, women approach me six, seven times a day. But I'm very particular about what I like. You're extremely elegant. I couldn't take my eyes off of you, and your friends were very jealous. Even if they say they weren't, they were envious of the fact that uh, I approached you, and I was very taken by you. Elegant women are very rare. I'm Greek, and I'm very particular about what I like. So I'm giving you an opportunity here. I don't know if you pick up the messages on the weekend, but I'm, I'm working on a movie script, so I'm pretty much around all weekend <laughs> doing that. I left you my number, 416 This looks like a landline, and if it is, you may not get the message till Monday. But when you do, call me, and then we'll get together for coffee and chat and uh, let the romance begin. You look very taken <laughs> aback by my approach, and I hope that isn't timidness. I hope it was just a little bit of uh, shock at being approached so um, uh, directly. Uh, because I don't really date timid women because I'm a very direct, very passionate, very assertive man. And I want a woman who's very independent and uh, strong. So uh, anyway, we'll talk about that. But I just wanted to formally introduce myself. 
Now I have. I leave the ball in your court. You call me as soon as you uh, have the courage to. Okay, Olga? Talk to you soon. <laughs> That's Bye. only the first half, by the way. Uh, we should have had like some sort of a bell Olga? that we could ring whenever there was a douchebag moment. Every time or every time he said particular. <laughs> particular. Particular. Olga. Every time the douche alarm would go off. All right, here's, the, here's the second half, uh, and then we'll take a break. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the second half of the douchiest phone message ever left. Hi there, old guy. It's Dimitri calling again, the guy from the street. I left you a message several days ago. You said you were interested. Now, here's the way I work. I don't like leaving second messages, but I like you. You're a very elegant woman. You're very attractive, but, you know, I don't play that game. I know your friends tell you not to return calls. You're playing games like you see on stupid TV shows. So here's how it's going to work. Oh, it is now 4.30 on Wednesday. Now, I'll assume, I'll assume that you've already left work because, you know, some people leave early, and I'll grant you that. But if I do not receive a phone call back from you by 3 o'clock Thursday afternoon, I'm no longer interested, and you can erase my number. I don't play games like that. I'm completely single. I'm very intelligent. I'm great in bed. I make great money. Believe it or not, I'm a complete catch. <laughs> I've only been single four months. I had a long-distance relationship. You know, when a year, it's very tough to maintain it like that, and it didn't work out. There's nothing wrong with me. Matter of fact, I'm one of the few men in the city that has nothing wrong with him. <laughs> so I'm giving you that 3 o'clock deadline. If I don't hear from you, you lose my number. I'm erasing yours right now. So you won't be hearing back from me. So that's it. Three o'clock tomorrow, or you can just completely forget it. Now, I understand if you've got other issues, like maybe you're not playing games. Maybe you've had, I don't know, maybe you were abused in childhood. Maybe your mother has cancer, you're going to chemo. Maybe you're just a person who's extremely frightened or has, um, has an anxiety disorder. Maybe you're on... Uh, some medication for that. I don't know. There could be another issue that I'm not aware of. But nobody says, call me, hands a person a business card, and then doesn't return calls. It's extremely passive-aggressive. You should actually look that up, passive-aggressive personality disorder. <laughs> and you let me know. If, if you've got issues, psychological issues, if you're on any sort of medication for anxiety or depression, I'm not interested. Okay. But if you're psychologically normal and you haven't called me because there's been some horrible thing that's happened in your life which prevented you, that's fine. But otherwise, don't call me. Okay? Bye. He is quite a catch. <laughs> believe wow. it or not. Oh, and I've met idiots like that, too. You're single. Ha -ha. <laughs> yeah. All right. Boy. Yeah. Have you met those guys? Have oh, you met that guy? God, yes. Yes. Ugh. Oh, I get a lot of them on the internet, like especially through Miss Space. I love, like, hey, just so you know, I'm recently single. I know you're single. <laughs> Maybe we can go out for coffee sometime. Let's mingle. And those guys always want coffee. I'm like, totally. I'm going to go drink coffee with some random person. All right, back after this. Richie Bristol, the top five, all that said. It's the Rick Emerson Show.
kind of, you know, what, what are my choices for bread? And she said, white wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. And clearly she had it hold down to like a whole David Mamet-esque like flow. White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. What are my choices for bread? White wheat, sourdough, English muffin, bagel. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah, I just had this horrifying moment in the hallway now where I had it stuck in my head, and so I'm sitting there at the door waiting for Richie to come back in from outside. And so I'm standing at the door, and I have that white wheat sourdough English muffin bagel thing in my head. White wheat sourdough English muffin bagel? That, and I'm bobbing back and forth on the hallway, and Dan Bozick from KUFO stuff, and he goes, what are you doing? And I just looked up, and I went, bobbing back and forth to a song in my head no one else can hear. And I just opened the door and ran away. Did, Caliber, <laughs> did you get that other email from Cal where he wrote the thing about the, the fan and fam? And no. He did the oscillating fan song? No. No, I don't have anything. Yeah. I have nothing! Uh, why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. You know what we stopped doing was labeling bumper music. Hmm? We stopped labeling our bumper music. Remember how we were labeling our bumps? Okay, do you want to do it now? Labeling our bumps. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. That sounds perverse. Not as perverse as bumping our labels, which sounds much more perverse. <laughs> There's something when you say like, <laughs> like when you say bumping and then something else. Yes. Like there's just like some things that are just you can't, shouldn't say bumping. Hi, Richie Bristol. Hello. Hi. How are you today? Good. All right. So, well, we can do the bump labeling. Uh, <laughs> Later on, we'll talk to uh, Tim Riley later on with the news. We'll also have the top five album-ending songs of all time. Not counting a day in the life, which is that's been retired. So that's not on the list. It's the top five album-ending cuts that are not uh, a day in the life. All right. So Richard Bristol, you're going to see uh, you're going to see horrors, are you not? See. How many squirts did you use today, Richie? Of uh, cologne. Two. Wait, are you wearing cologne? I can smell him from over here. Oh, that's a lot of cologne that's right there. That's a lot of cologne. Richie, here's the thing. I think you just need to... Look, do you drive to work or do you bike or something? You uh, drive, right? I drive, but I'm going to start biking. Okay, here's the thing. On the days that you're driving, I would say it's enough to simply wash and put on antiperspirant. Would you agree, Sarah? Yes, I would very much agree. I think the you don't want to be that guy in the office who's wearing too much cologne. I am that guy, though. I know, but... <laughs> yes, I understand, but do you see what Sarah I'm saying? You don't have to have a talking to with you. Did you know that? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, I'm just saying you don't want to be that guy, though. You are that guy, but you don't have to be that guy, Richie. You can self-actualize. You can become more than you are. So, I would say maybe it's an experiment. Just shower. Be we'll clean, let you know if you smell. Use antiperspirant. We'll point it out if you smell like filth. Mm-hmm. I mean, we really will. I'm just saying, I think maybe you want to smell like nothing at all. Maybe that should be what you aim for. Yeah, I think I should start focusing on my breath, maybe. <laughs> no, but no, I'm telling you what to focus. You don't have a sense of smell. I know. I'm telling you what to focus on. But then as soon as I stop doing that, I will stink. Not if you, no, you, the, you don't he, just bathe once. I mean, you keep bathe. Sarah, help me. I don't know. I bathe a lot. I, I sweat, right? <laughs> I bathe a lot. I do, because I can't smell. So sometimes, I mean, I take two in a day if I start sweating or something. Right, but I guess, here's the thing. I mean, Sarah doesn't wear perfume. Uh, you know what Sarah does? Oh. She takes a shower, she puts on the appropriate toiletries, and then she comes to work and she doesn't smell. 
Okay. So I'm saying, I'm just, I'm not, I'm just saying maybe it would be simpler for you to just, let me ask you this. Can we just come out and say, are you just, do you wear cologne because you don't bathe as often as you should? No. Okay. Richie so seems I'm, like I'm a clean paranoid. Dirty guy. Well, then I'm saying I don't, I don't think you have that. anything to work about. I think you are oversolving the problem is what I'm saying. I think you're maybe, you're, you, you know, you're using a sledgehammer for a housefly here. I think well, maybe... look, Richie, his wits aren't about him today because I guess he was up till 5 o'clock in the morning playing video games with other grown men. Really? Yeah. Good for you. What were you playing? Kane's Wrath that came out. Uh, you know, uh, Man and Conquer. Lisa Wood is trying to get me to play this uh, Kill Zone, I think it's called. Uh-huh. Uh, so, in any event. All right, so you are, when are you leaving again? When is your vacation? Uh, the last week of July. The last week of July. I'll be away from here, the 28th through the 1st. And so you are going to Las Vegas, and as part of your trip, you're going to be going to the Bunny Ranch? Uh, Do you have to book in advance for that? Uh, yeah, look, I have to make appointments with chocolate. So this we should back up. So your goal is to get oh, quote wow, the Neapolitan, which is where you want a blonde. Does it have to be a blonde, or is it just you That's want vanilla like, right there? That's vanilla. But you have their pictures. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah. you have vanilla. You get a pick so, But I mean, it, it just does it need to be okay? So you so you want one blonde, and then for I got chocolate right here. Okay, but please forgive this question. Is the chocolate just a brunette, or is that a black woman? It's this one's a black woman. Okay, I want but real dark chocolate. Okay. Okay. Are you, I can't see any of the pictures. Right? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, do you have Do you have the Do you have the redhead? And that's the problem I'm having right now. Strawberries look. Uh, it's the blonde girl looks like. Um, the blonde girl kind of looks like. Is her name? Well, I won't give her full name. Bunny. Uh huh. Uh huh. I mean, I guess it's not. I mean, I guess I could give her name. Right? Like it's public knowledge. Is I this on the website? Off. Yeah. Bunny Love. How weird that you could look up and see what girl Richie's going to be having sex it's like with. His future sex partner. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> At least one of them. <laughs> so how much? I mean, I'm really curious. Oh, this girl looks like uh, she looks like Jenny Garth. Oh, oh. that's vanilla. There right you there. go. All right. Uh, I think she's been black and white for a reason. That looks airbrushed. Yeah. Uh, all right. She and looks then, pretty. Here is this is the uh, this is the black girl. What is her name? What is that name? Paris. Paris, of course. Paris. She's uh, she's attractive. Nice chocolate. She looks like okay. This sounds weird. She looks like this sounds a little bit deaf. She looks like a black Jenna Jameson around the eyes. Yeah. She has good Jenna Jameson has those cat eyes. Uh, that's exactly what she looks like to me. Oh, she's really pretty. Yeah, she's very pretty. All right, now what is the deal with uh, you? Now is the the the, the strawberry is what a redhead? Yeah, and that's the problem I'm having. All I the... would imagine they have a lot of redheads. Don't get a lot of guys no. have a fetish for that. The redheads look all strawberry rotten. Strawberry rotten. Look what does that. that even look mean? Look at that. Is strawberry? Look at that. Oh, pale wow. <laughs> Wow, I'm glad you have. I'm glad you haven't put her name here because I would be tempted to strawberry say strawberry gross. Oh, if you look at all the redheads on those sites, you can't find one worth. Strawberry. Okay, so Sarah, do this again. I want you to look at the blonde, and then look at uh, the brunette, and okay, then blonde, brunette, and then look at this girl. <gasps> <laughs> wow. Bad. That's unfortunate. Strawberry. We we won't put her picture up for obvious reasons. Oh, she's reasons. hideous. Beaten with the ugly stick. That's a dealer buster, so I might have is to she like, Is she like 60 with a wig on or That's, something? That's I mean, she does. Saying. She looks like... She looks like one of those ladies who lost her jaw from smoking. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Strawberry. That is not me like me. Smoking kills. I'm your Strawberry. You know what she looks like? She looks like when I used to work at 7-Eleven. There was a woman who managed a strip club. She was not a stripper, but she managed a strip club, and I think sort of thought that she fancied herself like a madam type. Oh, boy. And she would come in every night to buy, like, three PBRs. She's like, I can't sleep unless I have a couple of cold beers. And I then can she, hear that voice coming out of that place. Totally. And it's, it's leathery skin and bad. And just, here's the thing. 
It's all well and good to try to make yourself look attractive or even youthful, but there comes a point when, when the cure is worse than the problem. Do you know what I mean? Like, there comes that tipping point where the attempt to make yourself look younger looks worse than if you just look your age. Mm -hmm. And so this is this woman is past that tipping point. So can you not find... Can it, Okay, what is the website? Is bunnyranch.com? I believe so. All right, it's bunny... Ranch.com. We'll go there together. And so you can all do this uh, yourself, kids. Uh, it's bunnyranch.com. So you're trying to find a redhead. Right. Now, have you have you ever had relations with a redhead before? Uh, yeah, a few times. So this is, but now a few this redheads is redheads or one a few times. Uh, a few redheads. So this is, but this is because you want the whole sort of package at once, right? No, this is more because this isn't my first foursome. <laughs> How much is it going to? Oh wait, so the, so these all three girls would be with you at the oh, same so, time? Oh, uh -huh. Not separate. No. Wow. I How much all, is that going to cost? Do they all have sex with you? Yeah. And presumably it's one big everybody loves everybody. Yeah. How much oh, is man. How much is that going to cost? Uh, you and I tried, three girls. I tried to find that out, and but the last time I went to Vegas, uh, do you have to negotiate it? You, no, there's not really. It's a price set price on it. Is, it, is there no uh, is there no sort of list here as to how much it's going to cost you? No, I tried. I tried looking. I tried talking on the. On well, the because platform. probably if they told you the cost up front, a lot of guys wouldn't pay it. Yeah, it's like a couple G's. Yeah, but if you don't go with the girl who doesn't even have a picture of herself on there, but just has a cartoon Bambi. Do you see yeah, that? Yeah, that's or? a no. That's a bad sign. Sure, but if you funny it, babes. but if you show up and you see the girl and you get all like turned on by the girl and she goes and it's two thousand dollars. Like at that point, you might be like, well, all right. All right, so how do I browse the bunny girls babes. here? Go to Bunny Babes. Well, I don't God, even some of see the oh, Bunny Babes. Beat. That's what I'm saying. Look at the redheads. None of them. Uh, None of them. See. You're right. They got to put their best up, right? Do they? And you got to figure. That's right. They put up the best, you know, the best photo. Now, can you browse? Maybe you can, maybe you can find yeah. a pretty girl and then ask if when you go there if she can dye her hair. Can you put on a wig? <laughs> oh no, no, that doesn't count. It has to be authentic fruit. Well, how do you know? Yes, how do you know authentic if it's authentic? Like any, like half fruit? these girls aren't half fake anyway. Well, I want real chocolate. <laughs> I, I don't Will think you just you... stop saying chocolate. <laughs> Vanilla Frost. Vanilla Frost. That's that's who stuck out to me. She is. Now, can you browse by? It seems like you ought to be able to browse by. Um, it sounds like such a horrible Flavor. pig male thing to do. No, I was, you ought to be able to browse by attributes. I mean, I'm surprised you didn't like Christy Morell. She seems pretty. Uh, let's oh, see. Oh no, never mind. I saw. If any of them look like anything I've had in the past, it's like I'm such a pig. Burn for me. Um. So, but I'm saying. Uh, what is this like? Three pages? What am I? What are these numbers along the side? That's how many the different pictures. Oh, and so are these the? Let's see. I have what fifteen girls to choose from? Yeah, no, the picture. If you pick, click on the picture on the left, it chooses the girl, and then right. ten different pictures of them. Yeah, but I'm but I'm, but I'm saying these thumbnails here are these all the girls I have to choose from? Uh huh. And you can scroll down. So I have fifty. I can't though. Is what I'm saying. Oh wait, there we go. Oh okay, all right. Um, so there's an Asian with like colored red hair, but I was like, that's not. Real redhead. I mean, so you want at least the illusion that the girl you're seeing is the girl as she really is. Well, no, I want it. Yeah, but see, but you won't know. But how do you know? You Downstairs. Know, but, but, but well, I, I think they can probably oh. fake that too, Richie. And it uh, does. I'm sure seem, if they're in the porn industry, they probably don't have much going that's on. That's what I'm saying. There. There's probably nothing down there with which to compare. Darn. So, but I'm <laughs> saying she's kind of pretty. I guess Emma Joe. She's she's a little on the heavier side, but she's. If you're paying two thousand. If you're paying top dollar. Uh, okay, I'm just going to go through these one at a time. You can do this at the bunnyranch.com. So you, so you have any guess as to how much? Uh, Did you know the bunny ranch is 800 miles from Vegas? That's see, he thinks from Perump like, at Perump. Perump, isn't that where it is? No, that's where our bell lives. Uh, that's but I mean you, but I mean you were thinking it was just like a cab ride away, from like 50 bucks away. I mean I think I think the trip there and back is expensive. Isn't it on the way to Cali? 
I, I don't really know. I've not gone to the bunny ranch. We got a car for four days, so. Um, I'm trying. So, so you and some of your buddies? Huh? Any of your buddies that I know? Are your dudes all going to go out uh-huh. here with you? I think so. Are your your boys? Is Chug are... going? No, it's all Chug. Agents. It's me and three agents: Song, Jack, and my brother. I've never met Chug. So you met I don't. Did I? Bowling. Oh, oh, oh that's right. No, okay. no, I know yeah. your brother, but do I, do I know the other two? Yeah, all the Asians that were on the other team. Oh, okay. I thought that one of them was Richie Richie Bristol and his pack of oh. Asians. Uh, so I, so it's going to be you and, and and your dudes going out there, and are they all going to take part in this, too? I doubt it. Uh, so they're all going to be... That is so weird. So they're going to be sitting around, like, looking at each other, going, so... Sure is, uh, sure is one while they're the waiting room. for you to get your basket weaved in the other room. All right, I'm looking at these girls. Um, I you know, Can I just tell you, I don't mean to sound lookist. She only had one picture. I was like, so she only had one eye. Um, if you're gonna, But I mean, if you're paying a lot of money for this... It seems like you want a girl who's, you know, a knockout, right? I'm trying to find right. a knockout. I don't see one knockout. Uh, that's the thing. I don't Redhead see. Wise. I don't see. Well, I'm just saying flat In out, general, period. Honestly. I don't see one girl here that is. Again, I'm not saying that some of them aren't. I'm not saying some of them aren't doable or whatever. But I mean, if you're paying like 500 bucks, let's say, and that's probably low. I mean, it's probably more than that. Actually, you know, this girl's Brooke Taylor. She's the second one on the top. If you look at her... Uh, is that Hulk picture? Hogan's? Oh, no, that's Brooke Hogan. Where? Brooke Taylor. Hold oh, on. Oh, actually, no. The close-up, no, the close-up gives the lie. See, I, I don't see one of Austin? these girls so far that I would that I would spend like 500 bucks on. Well, what are the say. ones I picked, though? Um, well, but those are all black and white photos. I uh, I think they put the, the best lookers up on top because Audrey, the third one on the top, is mm-hmm. actually pretty, too. Like, if you go through Wait, all let me, her let me, let me click in here. Hold on. Yeah, I suppose. Pretty, those aren't real, though. Totally airbrushed. Though. Yeah, those are compl- and those are not real. Maybe you don't care about it. Richard, do you, yeah, do you care, uh, Richie, if they have any sort of um, of augmentation? Oh, yeah, I'm paying money. Well, that's what I'm saying. See, he wants the real thing. That's Wait, why so he you does... want the real thing or do you want fake boobs? Oh, I want, uh, well, at least two out of three have to have real. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's like how he doesn't want a fake redhead. Like, he wants a, he wants a girl that, oh, my God. Dude, did you Ugh. click on Air Force Amy? No, but, um. I was just clicking on Nikki Newman's photograph. Click on Nikki Newman, Sarah. Oh, no. Nikki Newman. I'm going to have to switch branches or something. <laughs> switch. <laughs> Nikki Newman, she's about two-thirds of the way down in the middle. Blonde. No, okay, I see. Come to wow. Debbie. Come to Debbie right, Country. Click on that. Look at that full size. That's what I'm saying. Wow. Are you kidding me? That's a photo that shouldn't you exist. Pay for that? That's well, somebody. I mean, and again, no, I, and again, look, look, look anybody think, flavors for different folks. You know what? And in case anybody thinks we're being jerks here, here's the thing: this isn't like a girl you'd be dating. You're paying money to have relations with this woman. Oh, check out pay, uh, picture nine. Uh, picture nine on the top. Oh, wait, hold on. Picture it's nine. Scroll, yes, let's scroll. Oh. oh. <laughs> That's somebody needs us. And she's not yeah. even naked or anything. It's just like that. Oh. But but do you agree with me? Like I don't think we're being jerks. You're paying for this. No. I don't even go there if they're gonna have something like that there. Uh, well, but I mean, isn't the Bunny Ranch the definitive? Yeah, whorehouse might bring her out and say, "Here's Bunny for you." That'll look like a picture. Now, do they parade them through? Do you think? And then you get to, is like, it like tip? in One Eye Jacks in Twin Peaks? Do they bring out the the menu? The lineup. And then you go like, I'll take number girls. three yeah, and number. Yeah, and Horror, no, but, but you make her. appointment. That's this is part of picking. You could choose and say, okay, if you do it far ahead enough, Boy, friends, these, then they'll be there. There's a oh, lot of Rick, mi- these girls have a lot of mileage. You should be scrolling down to yeah. below Nikki Newman to August night. August night. Oh, that's what I'm looking at right now. Is that what's going on there? I uh, nice breast. <laughs> really? Do you think? I don't think so. I'm looking at that, that right now. That one picture. All right. 
Well, in any event, I just and there's a lot of like ba- these girls have a lot of mileage. You think <laughs> it's like a rental car? Uh, I mean, but that's it. But not like Hertz or Avis. Cool. I mean, we're talking. I want to rent a Ferrari. Those aren't real, by the way. I'm Who caught. I'm telling her right now, August night. Those yeah. are not. It just these. A lot of these, these girls just look like sluts that you could find at some like ghetto dance club downtown. This for is what free. I'm saying. Buy them a couple like Red Bull vodka. <laughs> and, please, and and by the way, unless anybody thinks that you know that we're being unduly harsh or whatever, again, I'm not saying that some of these girls aren't like effable or whatever the term is. But again, you're paying hundreds of dollars for this. These girls look like you could find them probably somewhere here in Portland. I mean, really, how hard can it be to find three sluts in Portland that'll have sex with you? I mean, it can't be that difficult. <laughs> I mean, right? I mean, have you just? Here's a dumb question, Richie. Have you just tried to get three girls here in Portland who all do you? I have. Really? But I mean, but I mean, if, if, if your whole. In other words, here's what I'm saying. Have you just tried to get the Neapolitan here in town? No, it's not the same. What's what about what the experience? Is, are you desiring the most? Do you just want to have sex with a prostitute? No, one of my good friends. He he's went there before. Uh huh. And he I, I'm you know he's a stud. He's had a few. He's had a few. We call him Turtle. Anyway, uh-huh. he, uh, he out of all his experiences, he's he said that did Vegas, he see that Vegas was the top? Of, well, I mean that's their profession. Well, how do we, so let's have to be careful here? So is it, it are it, are you uh, wanting to to be with a professional lady because you believe that they will be more skilled? At, at 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 the at the 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 encounter. That's one of the things, and two. I mean, I or is it that ta- do you find the the taboo a uh, bad pun? The, do you find the sort of the, the 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 forbidden element of it? Do you find it like do you find that the idea that you're like that it is a hooker to be sort of a turn on? Uh, I don't know. No, well, <laughs> this one. There's a redheaded one, but she doesn't show her face in any of them. That's that's a good you sign. You go with that. Oh, great. <laughs> Lacey Ann. Everything Mystery box or whatever. It's cut so that you can only see from her neck down or her hair is in her face. See, and this is what makes it so difficult. This is why you got to pity anybody who does like a lot of online dating because I'm looking at a couple of these girls. Of the like, angles. Where you, you know, where you see like the one photograph and you go, hey, she's not bad, and then you see all the other photographs and you realize that one angle was like an anomaly. That was the uh, that was the exception. See, Max Coco. Like she might be pretty. No, I'm looking at Coco here. Max is pretty in an airbrushed kind of way. Oh no, 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 no. She smiled. Okay, now this. <laughs> I don't like it when they smile or look at me. Coco. Now this Coco girl. Could be chocolate. This Coco. Well, I'm unsure. I'm unsure of what of what her background might be. She's cute. But, but okay, these photos, and I mean this. It's a good news, bad news thing. These photos of this girl Coco are very Playboy e. Um, because they... She looks kind of wholesome. They, she even has a picture with jeans on. Lots of makeup, I think, and lighting. But you know what? She does look She does look legitimately pretty. She kind of reminds me of um, Yasmin Bleeth before she got all messy. There you go. I could see that. She's not bad. That's that's a girl... That, you should go for her, Richie. That's a girl worth paying for right there, Richie. What flavor is she, though? But, uh, but, she has dark brown hair. But I, mean, how do you, but, I mean, if you can't tell, what does it matter? But, I mean, yeah, and why settle for somebody does. that's average it, it, just because of their hair color? You don't think funny and... Is this on some sort of um, checklist in your head of, like, things to do before I die? You know, blonde, brunette, redhead all at once? Kind of. No, I've already done this. <laughs> so why would you... I, if right, so, Richie, Aaron just wrote me, the bunny ranch, there are two bunny ranches... One of them's 450 miles from Vegas. The other one's 430. All right. What's closer? <laughs> the 450-mile one. Richie. Okay. okay. <laughs> Richie Bristol leaves Vegas going 60 miles an hour. How long does it take to get... Oh, yeah. I don't know. Well, look, here's the thing. Do you... Do you uh, I'm, I was going to ask, do we want to get what's-his-name Dennis, the guy from the Bunny Ranch, on 
But I, I don't. I don't really know if I care that I much. I don't know. But anyway, I so do you have you have no idea how much it would cost to do these three girls? Uh, eight years ago it was fifteen hundred bucks. So I'd say it's probably. So that's got to be at least double that now. You know I mean, who else is cute? It's uh, Hello Kitty. Wait, hold on. Where is she? She's um the third. Oh, row. there we go. Okay, hold on. She's super airbrushed, but how tall is she? Um, she looks tall. I think she she looks sort of Latin. These photos are really, really airbrushed. She's cute, though. I would say it's she's... Like the, the darker-haired girls on this, uh, on the selection yeah, boy, better. Yeah, boy, some of these girls, though, it's just like... You wonder if this is just the end of the line. I mean, it's <laughs> like... Really, I mean, you just sort of wonder... Like, they all start out as, like, uh, Sarah's acquaintance who's posing for the Suicide Girls, and then they end up here. This is... This is 16 years later. Yeah, some of these girls look flat out strange. Well, so that these are only, you know, like this is a representation of the the 500 girls that live there. Oh, wait, so here's it. So you might so show might up more. and they might not even um you might show up and and, and the, these girls might not be there like unless you it says you click here to book an appointment. That's what I mean. If you know like a month from now I'm going to show up on a Tuesday. I'm going to click to book an appointment. Oh, but you know, booking an appointment doesn't let you pick the girl. It just says here's the day you're going to be there and then it's your contact info. Yeah, no, no, no. This doesn't I when it says book Book an appointment, you know, reservation. It doesn't give you the the option. All right. I'm gonna have um, to frequently ask questions. Maybe I should call. All right. Uh, maybe I should switch up. I don't. I I don't know. Well, is this is this your only option for whorehouses? No, I'm. This is the first one I'm looking at. I was gonna. All right. Yeah, you should find. You should find. Options. And I would sure. like to. Now this girl's kind of cute. Jessica Marie. Yeah, no, she's she's this, not bad at all. Frequently asked questions is pretty interesting. There's like a hundred of them. Like for example, let's see. Do you have ladies that lactate? Uh, wow. Do you um, have midgets? Oh, wait, here we go. How much is a party? And a party, what is that what you're talking that? about? Uh, it 13. Yeah, there, there are no set pr- Here we go. See, yeah, here's where they get you, Richie. the dance around. There are no set prices. Each girl is an independent contractor and therefore establishes her own services and pricing. Legally, we cannot quote prices, but the prices are reasonable and negotiable. The ladies work with all budgets. If it weren't affordable, we wouldn't have been here for 50 years. Okay, so there are 500 ladies licensed for your pleasure, but there are approximately only 40 to 50 at any given time, mm. which means that you could be picking out these girls with you, but they might ha- that might be their day off. So you have a one-tenth of a chance to... I thought you could book an appointment. Can I kiss the girls? No. None of us says this is something discussed during negotiations. What? what I can promise you, he says, is that the girls will never kiss and tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, How about this? Way. Question 37. 37. Do you have she-males? Oh, no. No, but the bunnies can all accommodate you with their own personal... Things. They have appliances they can use, apparently. Oh, no. I'm at the she-males question, too. All right. Do you serve food at the ranch? (laughs) There's a restaurant called... Never mind. I'm not even going to continue this. All right. Uh, so we uh, well we'll discuss this later on, Richie. There's when this is we have weeks to talk about this, right? Right. Okay. Uh, well, let's do a couple of these calls, then we'll take a break. We'll come back with Tim Riley in the top five. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hey, Rick. What's up? Uh, I was going to say, if uh, he's having difficulty finding a redhead, he should see if there's a girl named Isabella Soprano that's going to be there. That's actually the last question on the frequently asked questions. Is Isabella Soprano sold the bunny ranch? It says, we are not sure when she'll return, but in the meantime, you can see her at the new HBO Cat House series. Oh, wait, yeah, so she's, she's on that show, which is based out of the bunny ranch, but right. she's also, um... A porn star. So. Is she uh, is she beautiful? She is very hot. All right, yeah, because she, maybe she's one of the marquee 
uh, women they have there to sort of because oh, you got to figure it's like a bait and switch thing, right? Where there's like three hot girls and they're like, oh, they're all gone today. Would you like this other girl? You know, and Wasn't then it's the like tagline some for some like strip club in Deja Vu. Uh, like hundreds of, yeah, no, hundreds of beautiful girls, three ugly ones. Yeah. 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 Well, and on that show, she, you know, she likes having parties with other women or whatever, and the whole thing. But if he were to do that, he can pretty much guarantee the price would be like triple what he's expecting. I mean, so. it's well, it was fifteen hundred bucks a decade ago. Hold on, Isabella Soprano. Let me just look her up really quickly. Isabella Soprano. So I'm looking at this. Uh... Wow, those are explicit. <laughs> wow. Well, you, gotta, you gotta turn the edit. Okay. First of all, I gotta do. Wow. That's uh, yeah. Oops. Wow. Well, okay. She's um, a little older than I thought she would. I'd say she's legitimately pretty, though. She is. Oh, li- wow. That's what I'm saying. You be careful with that. Okay, I'm gonna get. But I, uh, you know what? I'd, uh, you know, it, wow, boy, that's explicit. Boy, that's. <laughs> boy, okay, howdy. Do the Google search and put the filter on, and you'll be fine. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? <laughs> So, Richie's list here of things to do before he dies. Uh huh. Yes. Um, instead of calling it, I'm going to say it Pig Latin. No, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick. Yes. Hello, everyone. Hello. Please don't say anything that's going to require bleeping. No, I won't. Uh, I, I lived in Reno for like nine years. I worked in the, in the gambling industry and I drove in limousines for most of the period. Mm-hmm. I lived there. Um, I don't know why these suckers, I mean, customers fly into Vegas and then drive 450 miles, you know, to Carson City and go, you know, a little Well, bit. I think there's a, there's a taboo appeal, I think, that it has to a lot of guys. A lot of guys, it's sort of, it's an illicit thrill. Well, that may be, but I'll tell you, if you fly, if you want to save, if Richie wants to save a couple thousand bucks, fly into Reno with his friends, rent a car, Go to Carson City and get a hotel room. And from downtown Carson City, you go out east on Highway 50. I'm sorry. That's west on Highway 50. Um, no, that would be east. Moving you go on. on Highway 50, and there's a sign. It's Red Rock Road. And down at the bottom of that road is a... You pass a fruit stand. No, no, it's past... Actually, it's past the city dump. And the rifle range, but at the end of the wow. road, there's a loop down there, uh-huh. and there are a dozen houses of repute. Really? Now, here's a question. So, if you're in Carson City, do they, now they have the whorehouses. Now, is street walking legal too? No, 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 no. Carson City is a separate county. Well, okay, but you know what I'm saying. In, in a place where they have a whorehouse, are, is street walking legal? No, street walking walking is illegal everywhere in Nevada, and. Um, Prostitution is illegal in Clark, Washington. But there, are, but there are many. So it's not just the big, the big few. Like there are a lot of like smaller houses. Uh, they yes, there are smaller houses, but they're all outside the three hmm. counties that I right. mentioned. Um, okay. Well, Carson City's in El Dorado County. Make sure that you're going west, though. How do you get to that place again? Yeah. No. Well, you go east. <laughs> no. All off right. Of 395 yeah. is east on uh-huh. Highway 50. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right. There you go. Thank right. you, my friend. Got a break. All right. I'm looking at this picture of Isabel Soprano. She's actually very pretty. Well, she probably wasn't picked on a reality show for being ugly, you know? I, uh, yeah, okay. We'll take a break here. Hi, Tim. Come back. We'll do news on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Rick Emerson Radio Program.
You know, it is easy for girls to look good in black and white. The reason that my photos are always black and white. I know, like, we should be talking. All right. Well, this girl's cute. I forget her name. Well, we'll talk more about that later. Are we going to scroll through more girls? Yeah. Can we find any other? I wonder what specific bunny ranch this was, because since there are two of them. Well, I would imagine the girls shuttle back and forth, right? They're, They're relatively close to one another, aren't they? I think yeah, because Aaron, yeah, Aaron said they're like about 20 miles apart. I think that they probably share the girls. I mean, it's, you probably, you're a girl. I mean, if you're like a stripper, you know, like not one that, but I mean, I think a lot of girls go on the road and they go from city to city and strip at different clubs. And I think that might be how it is with these girls. So, all right. Uh, well, we'll get phone calls and so forth here in a minute. Uh, this is Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. And now, no. though, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Barack Obama's asked he's going to help Hillary Clinton pay off her $20 million campaign debt. He offered a personal check for $4,600 from himself and his wife, Michelle. Now, the maximum individual donation allowed by law is $2,300. So he's well within the law. Uh, Hillary owes $12 million. Most of it was her own money, and she's not asking anyone to help pay it back. So who knows how long it's going to take her to do that. That uh, Southern California city lamenting the loss of their celebrity monkey is back in the news again. The 42-year-old chip named Mo disappeared in San Bernardino County into the mountains Friday. Now, he lived a charm, if not tragic, life. He was rescued from poachers in 1967 and raised in captivity. Well, of course, he's done some bad things in his life. People remember most that Mo bit somebody's face off and chewed off their genitals. But he did some good. In his time. But it's not all bad. It's not all bad. Why what one? He was seen at local ribbon cutting ceremonies. <laughs> he even sold Girl Scout cookies dressed in the latest fashion. Why let one bad incident? He went through a biting binge <laughs> that led to his being confined. <laughs> but he's managed to escape, and well, he weighs 125 pounds, about three feet tall. And wait, so he's on the loose? Yeah, we told you that yesterday. Oh, I thought, I thought they, they captured him. No, he escaped. Okay. Is a genital eating monkey running around? <laughs> he also sells Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> Cookie? Uh, so, this guy says, Rick, have you seen the guy that had his face and junk ripped off by the monkey? <laughs> I saw him on... This guy, I'm reading the email, he says, I saw him on TV last night. Oh, no. Boy, he's still a mess. His... <laughs> His, <laughs> no, it gets better. His face has been reconstructed, but it's not great. <laughs> he, he said his nose was held on by magnets. <laughs> that is terrific. How is your nose held on by magnets? I don't know. The monkey is still loose. He says we really ought to find him. <laughs> well, keep that man away from the refrigerator. His nose was held up by magnets. It's handy. Maybe it's interchangeable. Maybe it has to decide which is the perfect nose. So they're trying out different ones. Oh, the family uses him to put important memoranda. There you go. Hey, Dad, can I put this grocery list here? I'm a walking post-it note. Uh, keep him away from the digauzer. All right. So we're not biting our genitals. The monkey sells Girl Scout cookies door-to-door. That's all of the news for now. <laughs> now back to the program. <laughs> uh, I believe he said his nose would have held up by magnets. Oh, man. Okay. I don't even know what we should do. Should we take these calls? Sure. Yeah, and then we still have another small all break. Right. 
I will just take these in no uh, regular uh, order. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Mr. Emerson. How are you doing today? What's up? Are you going to give us directions to get to someplace? Um, no, really <laughs> hasn't thought of it. By the way, Tim Riley. Yeah, uh, but... Greatest newsman in the history of the, back, uh, history of the world back yeah. at 405, 6, and 7, top of the air all the way through. Like us, yes, sir. I'm coming along on the heels of the news story about the junk-eating and face-ripping monkey. Yes, sir. Call's going to sound pretty weak after this. But I won tickets last week. I want to thank you so much. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yes, sir. Was it an enjoyable show? It's only a four-hour program. I can't go into how awesome it was. But, Excellent. Oh, yes, it was. All right, my friend. Well, I'm glad you went. Glad you had a good time. Congratulations, and I'm I glad you, few, glad you dug it. I met a few other uh, Emerson listeners there, too. Cool. Excellent, awesome. my friend. Well, thank you so much. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank Bye -bye. you, sir. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah, hi. I don't want to come off it as kind of tinny or anything, but... You were talking about the trouble. Hold on. Are you speaking through a cupped palm? No, I'm speaking through a cheap-ass uh, Bluetooth. Oh. All right. But I was going to tell you, it only took like a minute and a half to pair it with the phone and everything. It's it sounds like you're talking into a Dixie cup or something. Yeah. All right, so it sounds... the free ones that I got from Let's Talk, but it... just read the manual, guys. It's not that hard. Is this your natural speaking voice? I'm. I'm always been nasaled. No, it's not just that. It just it sounds, it sounds like you're like at the muffled. end of a hallway. Well, I think I think it's the Bluetooth. Is it because it sounds like you're sort of trying, like you're calling from work and you don't want the boss to find out? Uh, no. All right. Uh, so you're saying it's, that it's, it's you don't want to be condescending, but it's much easier than we're making it seem. Yeah, just read the freaking manual. You know what I think it is? I think it's just we're lazy. Well, it's not that hard, Sarah. Here's. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, this call is not like a ringing endorsement of Bluetooth technology, because it sounds like you're at the bottom of a well. Uh, well, it's very low-end, free, free one of the day. I imagine the ones that you actually pay a little bit out of pocket might be a little bit more better quality. It sort of freaks me out. It sounds kind of like you're in my head. Um, he is, Rick. Here's the thing. I, I just want it to work like, and I know that this makes me sound old, but hear me out. I just want it to work like the headsets that we have used with phones forever. Mm -hmm. Is that exactly? That's what I'm saying. Like, I, you yeah. know what it is? Up until recently, I used a Plantronics headset. I used to do ads for Plantronics. Mm -hmm. I just want Bluetooth to work the way that telephone headsets have worked for 50 years. And the Plantronic Bluetooth aren't that way. I haven't gotten one of those. I'm yet. just saying the Bluetooth is not quite as it just it is much more complex than it used to be. That's my only point. Uh -huh. Maybe they'll build upon the technology a little bit better. And make well, maybe. People. Have All a right. great day. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, Bye. there you go. That's a natural stopping point. You're right. That was pretty funny. The Bluetooth isn't that hard. You can't even understand. It's wonderful technology. There's nothing really wrong with it. I don't understand why you guys on your brain is out of the moment. Back after this to wrap it up. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Stay there. All right, we now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, coming up next, Tom Likas, uh, Michael Mara Show at 7, uh, John and Jeff at 11. Join us tomorrow uh, when you will once again stand in for the vacationing, uh, Mr. Skin. We'll find out more about Richie's upcoming trip. Oh, by the way, don't forget uh, the 2008 Safeway Waterfront Blues Festival and fireworks display just around the corner happening July 4th. Uh, fireworks begin at 10.05 p.m. after the evening's final performance and the national anthem. Donation of just $10 and two cans of non-perishable food gets you in. The kink.fm and Hoffman Construction Fireworks Show 
uh, happening at the park on Friday, presented by Portland Parks and Recreation. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. You might be the last call of the day. Try not to suck. I won't suck. Hey, right. Rick. I just want to remind you, you're looking at pictures for Richie when his standard is male transvestites over the Internet. So how, <laughs> how, how can you call any of them ugly when he can't tell the difference in the first place? That is true. Touche. Yes. Exactly. Well and, noted, sir. And he's also going to the Nevada desert to find them. <laughs> what did he expect? I suppose that's true. Maybe I am judging by too, uh, too strict of a criteria. You are going way over uh, criteria. Okay. I mean, you know, right. you, you know, maybe you should be looking on a different website that maybe has his transvestites. He might appreciate them more. Thank you, sir. We'll okay. end on that call. Very it's well true done. because it did say that they don't have any she-mills there, Rick. You know what this woman looks like, this hideous woman? If Peg Bundy weren't like a hot TV character being played by an attractive actress. If but, she was like a real-life yeah, Peg Bundy. This is how Peg, Peg Bundy really looks in real life. That is so true. All right. We want to thank uh, Lisa Desjardins and Steve Casimo. And join us tomorrow when our guest will be Nina Parker from TMZ. Uh, all right. Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillen for AM 970. The Talker, a proud part of the CBS radio family. The Tiffany Network in the newsroom, Tim Riley. And the phone's Richie Bristol. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The webmistress is Bridget from upstairs. Director of engineering, Brian Jones. And uh, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan, don't act with me, Reynolds. Get to 970.am. Buy your tickets for the dark night, my friends. Like us next. Michael Mary Show at 7. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Don't let the passion it on. See you tomorrow. Watch out for snakes. Bye now. And if you see a crack somewhere, take a talk with you and try to seal that, seal that crack.